What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Texas Sports Unfiltered. It is Bucky and BK without the buck. That's right. We're only in the third week of Texas <laughs> Sports Unfiltered, but Bucky is already taking his third day off. He calls it a load management day. This is the least deserved load management day ever. But Kawhi Leonard Sr. is pulling the Kawhi Leonard card today. The buck is out this morning. So filling in, making his long-awaited, much-anticipated Texas Sports Unfiltered debut, the great Adam Wags Wagner. What's up, Wags? What's up, BK? It's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me on the show. You guys have been kicking ass for the past couple of weeks, man. Good to finally be a part of the team and uh, join this badass fucking rollout, man. Yeah. And we can no, say that shit. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. Crazy. Like, I don't need, I'm not even getting muted. I'm not getting, you know, bombastic side eye from Aaron Hogan anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, you uh, don't have to be regulated by the FCC on Texas no, Sports still, Unfiltered. We'll still be gentlemanly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, we'll, I guess. We'll moderate everything in moderation, right. including moderation. Right. You right. know what they say, but uh, <laughs> that's one of the beautiful aspects of Texas Sports unfiltered and uh, it's great to have you buddy been too long we've been waiting too long to get you on but uh, happy you make you're making your debut today and you're going to be a big part of this thing moving forward and we are super excited about that so dude i just i got goosebumps just to have you back in austin oh so, man appreciate hearing, that like, hearing your voice man the little goose pimples standing up on the back of my neck it's like somebody's talking sexy and whispering sweet nothings into my ear all day man. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I won't actually do that to you. Uh, you, you won't uh, have to deal with me whispering anything in your ear. But uh, that fantasy. I know. I know. Sorry about that. We're not that unfiltered. We're unfiltered. We're not that unfiltered here on this thing. But now it's good to be back, man. Uh, move back up to Austin on Friday. It's home. It really is. You know, I, I loved my first stint in Austin, but I didn't realize how much I loved it until I left. Right. You know what they say? You never yeah. know what you got till it's gone. And I was, you know, not because I didn't like Austin, but I was ready for the next step in my life. I felt like it was time to try something new. And I'm happy I took the job at ESPN in Houston. I loved my two years down there. But, man, the whole time it just felt like Austin was calling my name. And every time I came back to visit, beacon, it was like that beacon of light. Just yep, like calling you. The, that orange, that burnt orange beacon just saying, come home, come home. Yep. The Dude, Batman so signal. Biggest difference there uh, from living in between the cities of, of Austin and Houston. What could you say? Because, I mean, I'm. I'm a transplant from Baltimore, man. Like, and sure. Austin's the only Texas city I know. What was H-Town like? Man, there, there are a few big differences. Um, H-Town was great. It's way more of a concrete jungle than Austin is. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, it's a much bigger city. There's way more people down there. I know Austin's growing like crazy, but so is Houston. But there's and seven Houston. freeways there, right? Seven, it, 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 like seven beltways that just you can't get. It's always dreadlock in Houston. Is that what I hear? Yeah, the traffic is a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, the traffic here isn't great. I understand right. that, but it's worse down there. And yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like 7D instead of seven major highways and byways down there. And they're all jam packed all of the time. Like some of those highways in Houston make 35 actually feel okay. That is that's saying so. Cool. That's just not cool, man. <laughs> exactly. That's even more incentive to just stay in and watch this show on YouTube or the app, man. Boom. Exactly. Yeah, if you are driving, if you are stuck in traffic in Austin, in Houston, in the Metroplex, wherever, we've got the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app that you, you can take us on the go wherever you are. Uh, so that's a big difference. It's way more humid down there, of course, too. Like, How many shirts do you need? Do you need like oh. two shirts on the minimum? Dude, you, you need a change of clothes when you walk from your front door to your car. 
that's like that's that's how bad it is it's disgusting so obviously it's hot here and a lot of days the temperature will be hotter in austin than in houston but the feels like is always like 10 degrees hotter down there because of the humidity because it's a lot closer to water what does that feels like really feel like you know what i mean that's what the temperature should be right (laughs) if it feels like that it is that okay dripping sweat man that's it oh yeah so it's like i barely sweat here in austin it's hot obviously i'm not going to try to argue against that but uh i just my body just like got used to Houston, I guess. So dealing with Austin is not nearly as bad. But how about the rain yesterday, man? I'm taking credit for bringing the rain to Dude, Austin. I think it. I think it hit everywhere, but where I'm at. No way. Or maybe I was just so like I, I had to work yesterday too. So I work, you know, behind the computer all day. I don't get a chance to get outside and you know let the rain hit. Like what? 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 The, what the hell is that? One nineties or Ott song? Let the rain come down i don't get there <laughs> in the rain like Who's that, that hillary man. dove who sings i don't that? know man if you if you can pull that card that's a good memory bro i don't even know I just, the tune's just in my in my head yeah i don't know if it's a good memory it's just growing up with three sisters i think that's why <laughs> we had like this little barbie guitar i say we as if i was a part of the purchase oh, you of were you, you were yeah of course and it played <laughs> it had like three preset songs and that was one of the preset songs and i think it's hillary dove who sings that so i've got like Half the lyrics to that song yeah. memorized. Jesus. Still, Hillary, have you seen Hillary Duff lately? No, she she loses. She's she piece of work uh, in a good way and a bad in a way. Fantastic way. Wow. Fantastic okay. way. She had a little bit of a blow up in a not so fantastic way for a while, but sounds well, like that she's blow up a, went all the right ways. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that blow up moved. That blow up conformed into the best <laughs> ways, man. Oh man. Oh man. So yeah, those are those are probably the biggest differences. I mean, culturally, big differences too. Houston's just much more diverse. Um the the food scene in Austin is amazing, but the food scene in Houston, I think that's that's the thing I'm going to miss the most. You just really? have, it's yeah, it's more of a melting pot down there. Okay. So you just get more cultures and more yeah. diverse cuisines and just more authentic food from all over the world down there in Houston. And Austin's obviously getting better food scene wise. Uh, this is becoming from New Orleans creeps over in the Houston. Oh, plenty of them, dude. Yeah. Plenty of them. I mean, you obviously had a ton of folks from Hurricane Katrina that, you know, yeah. moved from, you know, they evacuated from NOLA to Houston and a lot of them never went back. So you've got a ton of, of Cajun influence. Uh, all throughout the Houston area, and man, there there are more LSU fans in Houston than there are Texas fans. That's believe scary. it or not. Like I, yeah. I, I'd probably say A and M is number one in terms of like college fans, sure. and then LSU is number two, and then Texas is number three, which is insane because they're you know they're Texas fans right. everywhere in Houston. But uh, obviously, it's you know very close to College Station, and yeah, with all of the Cajuns uh, who made their way over uh, almost what 15, 20 years now, yeah, uh, and stayed. You've got a ton of LSU fans there too, so that's that's a big difference as well. But uh, no, man, Austin, uh, Austin's—it's the spot, man. It's the yeah. spot, and it is so good to be. You back. don't have to talk Astros baseball every day anymore, <laughs> man. You're good. You're in the clear, bro. Uh, well, we do have plenty of baseball to yeah, get into true. because that uh, that race in the American League West is is pretty crazy. But look, I think everybody knows you, Wags. But I want to give uh, people a chance to hear your story. I want to give you the chance to tell your story since this is your TSU debut. Hey. Uh, what's uh, you know? Tell people about your background. We're people can find you and uh just how everything's going in your yeah, world man. These so days. Um, i'm from the east coast originally uh baltimore maryland grew up there um from there enlisted into the marines or went to play uh football at shepherd college division two didn't work out that well i thought i was going to be an awesome nfl star <laughs> man was i miscalculated on my 40 time and my vert i mean just everything dude my hand size and everything the nine and a halfs 
not really getting it past Penny, <laughs> Kenny Pickett style or whatnot. Uh, but no, um, went into the Marines, did that for 11 years, and then uh, medically retired from uh, Hawaii and then got accepted to the University of Texas, which brought me to Austin. And after graduating from Texas, uh, we just decided that we were going to stay here because it was just such a great city. And Reed was making our, my son Reed was making fantastic friends. Uh, the community really just welcomed us with open arms and it was, it was home. It Austin felt like a uh, home and it's, it's probably going to remain our home until, uh, until I kick the bucket probably, man. It's, it's a really good place so far, dude. Uh, I can't find anything wrong with it. So, and until they find something wrong with me, I'm, I'm, I'm staying here, man. Uh, but anyways, there's no, plenty of things wrong with you. We, 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 yeah, well, we haven't even touched the surface on that. dude. Uh, no, but then, you know, from uh, from the University of Texas, I, I actually graduated with a degree in politics. Um, so thought I was going to be one hell of a president. You know what I mean, but uh, that's I just wanted to take my my service in the military and and make it into civil service, right? I wanted to continue to serve, um, but learned right away that I didn't want to be in politics. Um, it's just it's a broken system, so and we'll just leave that at that. Uh, <laughs> was coming from the Capitol one day from my internship, and I was in a Sequoia with no AC in the middle of July, and oh. we're talking about Austin weather. On Mopac, and evil Mopac is just you know staring me down, making fun of me because I have no AC. And they're like, dude, you know what are you gonna do in life? And I hear uh, I hear Chad and Kevin having a great time, like having an awesome time laughing on the radio and stuff. And I was like, man, this sounds like I could, sounds like I, I I'd want to be in radio and talk sports and you know laugh instead of being miserable every day. <laughs> um, you know, you work in politics, especially if you're in the Libertarian Party, you're taking losses on the left and the right every day. You know, what I mean, it doesn't matter what side it's coming from, you're taking the L. And I was tired yeah. of taking a loss. Um, <laughs> I heard really cool people and fun people having fun on the radio. So I went down the next day and knocked on the door. And Christina Killingsworth um, said, hey, man, we don't have any spots right now. But, you know, send me a resume and we'll see what we can make happen. Well, within about a month or so, she returned uh, returned my call. And I got to be the intern for you on Bucky and Aaron. And, man, that's that's how I got into the horn. And we're here, man. We're here yeah. now. And uh Work for EA, work for Electronic Arts in oh, the video game yes. industry. Uh, for Respawn, I am a um, quality verification specialist, which that is just a blown up way to say I get to play video games all day. Dude, I, I, I feel like I've got a great job, but you you have the best job in the world. You get paid to play and test video games yeah. every single day. That's that's winning at life right there, brother. You're, you're doing a fantastic job, but you have earned it, too. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. So I'm not like I'm not where I want to be just yet in the gaming industry. I, I, I obviously I want to code and I want to do, you know, game design and level design um, and environmental art. Uh, but. I mean, it's worth the trek. You know what I mean? You got to find the ladder to climb in life, and I've definitely found mine. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Are you the guy who voices the EA Sports? It's in the game. Is that you? EA Sports. It's in the game. Uh, no, it's not it me. Is. That's close. <laughs> it's not me. That guy's a legend, bro. That's the dream job right that there. Like, or, or being a Madden rating adjuster. Like, can I get oh, that job? Can dude. I just go to you know, every damn football game that I want and – Hey, uh, I don't like the way you came out of your tackle stance that day. You didn't really fire out <laughs> off the ball, man. I'm going to give you a, a little bit of a, a rating adjustment. So you're, you're coming down to an 88. You're going to be one of the most hated people in the world. Though, 100%, if you have that man. Job. I, I no one like knows who you are. 
Yeah. <laughs> no one knows who you are. So it's like, yeah, you're anonymously hated, which is, which is great. Well, man, we love, uh, we love having you as a part of Texas sports unfiltered. And once again, you're going to be a big part of this thing moving forward and uh, happy to have you on board today and even happier to have you on board going forward. This is uh, going to be a ton of fun. We've loved what we've been able to put together so far. And you know, this, we've got uh, some big plans for the future of TSU as well so everyone out there please like this video please subscribe to this channel if you haven't yet and continue to spread the word so we can keep this thing growing and growing once again a massive giveaway coming when we hit 5,000 subscribers we're over 4,200 so we are getting there but uh, the quicker we get to 5k the quicker y'all have the chance to cash in on some tremendous prizes yes plural that we will be giving away here on Texas Sports Unfiltered come on man come on man We're, we're taking care of the people we are taking Always care. Do, man. I might have to talk to you about some EA games, seeing if uh, we can make. Are, you know, you already know. You already. We got to get you a system first, dude. What do you do? <laughs> like, baby, you're on the the PS2. What do you uh, I, I did upgrade. I, I have upgraded. I'm on the Xbox 360. Okay, we are with the times. <laughs> All right, I believe that is the newest console that's out there, right? No, oh no. <laughs> what are we on now? We've had like three got, Xboxes since yeah, then. Yeah, we got the X1, the X. Um, I guess Xbox is about to launch another console. I don't fucking know. Um, it, it's console wars at this point. PlayStation 5. Um, n- nothing's better. There's no better console right now than the PlayStation 5. I'll just say That's that. the one? That's the one. Yeah. I got to go. All right. I've got the PS2. That means I'm close. You know, PS2 You're almost there, PS5. man. Yeah. You're 20 years away. You're almost there. <laughs> We're making our way up there. All right, brother. Let's, uh, let's get in, into some baseball, man. I know you're a huge seam head, and I know you've been locked in to the 2023 MLB season. You're a big Baltimore Orioles yeah. fan. Uh, we could start with them because, you know, you guys have the best record in the American League right now. Uh, Tampa Bay, it's a, it's a fun race in the AL East, right? Tampa Bay has cut it to two. Uh, and obviously, you know, for the first two months of the season, Tampa Bay looked unbeatable. They had the best record in the AL. They got off to that historically good start. And it's like, oh, watch out. Like the Rays, people had them as the favorites to win the World Series. But since then, you know, they've kind of fallen apart a little bit. Some injuries, some off the field. Off the field incidents too, bud. Yeah, issues is uh, is what we, I guess, could call what's going on with Wander Franco. And if that stuff is true, then screw that guy. He can rot yeah. in jail, under the jail, wherever. Uh, but uh, your Orioles, man, like one of the biggest surprises, for my money, the best story in baseball this year are you buying into this team? And do you feel like this is not just a one-year thing? Like, you guys Bro, can be around for a while. It's funny you, you mentioned that, like, that the way that you posed that question, man. Like, are you buying? Are you buying this team? Um, I say that because those words are very, very brittle, man. Because John Angelos, the owner of the Orioles, he, you know, came out earlier, you know, in, in the news uh, this past week and said, I don't know if we can keep this young, you know, this young core of talented players uh, assembled. Like what, John, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you have probably the best team in baseball, right? Arguably the best young team in baseball right now. And you don't, you're already looking into the future and saying you might not be able to keep this team together. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. John, raise the fucking prices of commission. You know what I mean? Um, uh, You know, make the brat worse there instead of $6, $8. You know, do whatever you have to do to keep this team on the field. It's just, it's typical John Angel. I mean, you thought you were going to get a different type of owner when Peter uh, Angelos gave way to John. But, nah, man, still like father, like son. It's, it's, he is the worst person in Baltimore right now and nobody likes him. Um, man. 
Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to be a mid market team like this, and when your owner isn't willing to spend the fucky money that baseball is allowed to have. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, right? I mean, ownership matters. It really right. does. And yeah, the Orioles are notoriously cheap. I mean, you guys have always been one of the cheapest franchises in pro sports. And in baseball, you're right, with no salary cap, like you have the ability to spend as much as you want. And man, the Orioles should be doing whatever they can to to keep this young core together. Like the beautiful thing about what Baltimore is doing is that, you know, right now guys aren't that expensive. You've got a lot of young guys on their pre-arbitration rookie contracts, not making a lot of money. Jackson Holiday isn't even up yet, dude. Yeah, the number one prospect in all of baseball is in the Orioles system, and he's not even with the big league club yet. We'll see if next week, September call-ups, maybe he gets the opportunity. Pretty, yeah, that's the vibe that we're yeah. feeling. But yeah, it's like it's yeah, exciting. That, I know, but the fear is that the owner – I mean, think about it. That's That's now twice in the last month where the Orioles' ownership has become a negative story right. across the baseball Brown, world. Yep. Yeah, what, what happened with their How TV broadcast? That shit. Oh, huh? dude, awful. How soft awful. was that? Yeah, awful. I mean, just uh, the Orioles became just a laughing stock, and it's a shame that uh, you know the guys on the field are having such a great year, and their idiot owner is just detracting from that by making all these negative headlines. So making it all about him, honestly. making it all about him. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Brown didn't even do anything wrong with stated what he facts, said. Okay, stated facts that the Orioles hadn't been able to win in the Trop since 2019. The stats are there on paper, man, and John Angelos just can't handle the fucking brittle news. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's. Uh, it's tough. And then obviously, like, yeah, you're in the middle of a pennant race. You're having your best year in years. And the owner's coming out and saying, yeah, no, I don't think this is going to last that long. It's like, dude, like, what are you doing? Just we were buyers. This- we were just, we were buyers at the deadline. We just got Flaherty here. And you don't know that we can stay assembled. Get the like, fuck. Yeah. Like, let the, let the city enjoy this. Let this fan base that has been through a lot in recent <laughs> years enjoy this. Stop like trying to rain on everybody's parade, John. And it's, you know, ownership does matter. Like, it's it's not just this year, but it's moving forward. When you talk about off seasons, when you talk about future trade deadlines, like, it, it's clear that Baltimore has the pieces to not only be a factor here in 2023, but to be a factor for the next, I don't know, half decade if they play their cards right. Like, right. they could be, I don't want to say they could be the next Houston because what the Astros are doing uh, is ridiculous, and we haven't seen it in baseball in a while. But Mike Elias, the GM yeah. of Baltimore, Comes from Houston. Like, he's a Jeff Lunau disciple. So, like, he knows how the Astros were yep. built. And it's like, oh, if you just let that guy do his thing. And, look, Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, has done – I mean, he hasn't opened up the pocketbooks like the Dodgers or the Yankees, but he has spent uh, – the Astros are usually a top-five payroll team in baseball now. Like, he has spent a lot of money to make sure that the Astros are going to stay contenders, and it's worked clearly for them. You need that – from Baltimore, you need that from Angelos to make sure that, okay, this is not just a flash in the pan kind of thing, that the Orioles can be something like the Astros or something like the Braves to where they are a force in this sport for a long time. And and the thing that, that Angelos should really consider, like if you invest into your ball club, you don't think the fucking city is going to invest back. You don't think season ticket prices are, 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 or not season ticket prices. You don't think season ticket sales are going to increase. Um, there's right now like season tickets, uh, season ticket sales for Baltimore are down because Angelos, there's a lot of uncertainty with the club, man. Like you'd love to invest in the Baltimore Orioles. You'd love to be in the future, but man, how long, how much longer is like, especially with statements like that, how much longer will this club actually stay assembled? Like, and that is the big fear, man. We haven't even gotten past this awesome year yet that we're having. We haven't even gotten our number one prospect in all of baseball up yet. And you're already talking about dismantlement. 
like yeah fuck dude. i know i know now it's it's annoying but hey hopefully uh, the ownership doesn't take away from what's going on on the field because yeah you guys are a tremendous tremendous story we'll see obviously baltimore it's been a while since uh, the o's have been in the playoffs so experience i think matters a lot when you get to october uh well, how about your rangers amigo yeah, well, you know, we're doing the uh, the Rangers are doing the best uh, New York Knicks impersonation. I feel like Reggie Miller somewhere in the corner. I'm we're Spike, Spike Lee. We're Spike. Yeah, and, and Reggie Miller somewhere in the corner just making fun of me for being a Rangers fan right now. Yeah, look, th- this is what the Rangers do. Like, it, it, it is what it is. And look, credit the Astros for being really good always. Mm-hmm. And obviously Seattle. I mean, they, they don't lose anymore. They've won eight in a row. I think they've won 22 of their last like 29 games, something ridiculous like that. Like you've got maybe the two hottest teams in baseball, but right behind the Rangers. And obviously they've yeah. cut the gap. I mean, the Astros are now a half game back and the Mariners are only one game back of first place in the American League West. So uh, yeah, I mean, look, for, for a long time this year, it felt like a two horse race, Wags. I mean, but, you know, Trey and I have been talking about this. Kevin and I have been talking about this. Bucky and I have been talking about this. Like, it felt like it was one of the two Texas teams that was going to win the West this season. But then all of a sudden, here comes Seattle. Like, I had left them for dead. I know what they did last year. They won 90 games um, and, and they made the playoffs and they were a great story. They won a playoff series against Toronto, but. I with the way that they started and not only started like three months into the year, they were yeah, a 500 man. ball club. It's just like, okay, maybe this isn't the Mariners year. I had kind of left them out to dry and then boom, like they go on this ridiculous heater and yeah, they're in a playoff spot right now. If the season ended today and they're right there for uh, in, in the American league West mix too. So uh, it's crazy, man. How do you how do you see this uh, AOS shaping out over the next month and change? I was with you guys. I thought it was a two horse race too, and then all of a sudden, like the different the run differential in the Mariners has gone up drastically in the past two weeks too, man. How much of that do you pay into uh, uh, to a toll in terms of of just a team doing doing better in terms of baseball, man? Uh, yeah. Run differential really does make a difference for me. Um, yeah, I mean, Los Angeles Angels. I thought at the turn had a chance to make something happen and then all of a sudden like after the trade deadline they they tank 10 fucking games so um to me like the the big horses out of the west it's got to be the rangers astros and mariners i don't know if the mariners are actually going to be able to hold on to this so like i don't know how if this is sustainable i still think it's a two-horse race between the the rangers and the astros not just placating to the texas crowd here Uh, that's just where the best baseball is at in the west yeah, I mean, I, I've said it all year long, right? Even when the Rangers got that division lead up to five or six games uh, before the All-Star break, I, I've always had the Astros as the favorite to win this division. Not that that was some bold prediction by any stretch of the imagination, right? Like the Astros right. have won this division in every full season since 2017. Uh, they were the heavy favorites going in. Nobody saw this season coming from the Rangers except for Trey, actually. <laughs> Trey's got a – I think he's cool with me saying this. I don't know why he wouldn't be cool with me saying this because Trey looks like a genius. Maybe not over the last week, but over the course of the season he does. He's got a uh, Rangers to win the World Series ticket. I placed that bet for him in Vegas before the year at like plus 7,000. I don't think the Rangers are winning the – I don't think the Rangers are winning the World Series, but now their odds are like plus a thousand or twelve hundred or something like that. So he got some great juice on he that deal before the year started. Max Scherzer came over at the yeah. turn, man. <laughs> yeah, nah, he's he's got to be feeling pretty good. I'm actually holding on to that ticket. I think I have it. So you know, Trey, Trey better be nice if uh, if he wants that money. Otherwise, I'll just claim that it was me. That's but uh, you guys yeah. consider yourself a mid market club, Rangers. Well, they, for for a long time, I would have, but the last two off seasons, no, like that they're spending. Like a major market club now. Uh-oh. 
Look who it is. <laughs> What's up, dude? Did we piss you off? No, I'm afraid to ask because I don't remember the number, and I know BK can tell me just about anything right now. What was the amount on that ticket, BK? Was it a hundred bucks? Hundred to win seven thousand. Oh man! Yeah, yeah on the Rangers, shit eating grin, dude. Stop <laughs> shitting the bed, Rangers. There's money on the line here. Yeah, yeah, money on the line, and uh, a lot of fandom on the line too. I was, I was hoping, you know, we'd at least get to wait till October before the Rangers started to crap the bed, but we uh, were getting it in late August. So hopefully the Rangers, uh, you know, figure it out a little bit. But yeah, I still think the Astros are the best team in the AL West. I, I would still pick the Astros as the favorites yeah. in the American League. Like I think, yeah. I think most rational baseball fans would. I know, you know, Baltimore's got a better record. I know Especially the JD Rangers coming over too. You just get solid yeah. pitching, man. You get innings being able to get eaten up. Um, yeah, and and. It's the pedigree, right? You know what they have, and you know their front office knows how to make the moves. Well, the moves are are not going to be able to be made right now, but you just know that that the right strings need to get pulled in the Rangers or in the Astros organization, man. Yep, yeah, and you said it, man. I mean, getting JV, who was great last night, six scoreless innings, and in that win over Boston. Uh, he's he's been great, and I think Astros fans were confident before the trade deadline, but to go out and get him and bring him back to Houston where he was just dominant. I mean, when he was on the mound, he was the best pitcher in baseball during his time in Houston. Won a couple of Cy Youngs, obviously a part of a couple of World Series teams. Like, that dude's the truth. And he knows how to win the postseason too, bro. Like, that's exactly. Yeah, like he's he's bad in the World Series. He finally got that monkey off of his back with the uh, World Series win last year. But everyone says he's like awful in the playoffs. Not like the first two rounds, the DS and CS, he's, he's, yeah, been, he's been very solid. Like an ERA in the low, low threes. He's not, not as good as he's been in the regular season. But, you know, most guys aren't as good right. in the playoffs as they are in the regular season because you're going up against better hitters, better teams, and it's tougher in October. But now, like you said, he's got that pedigree. And the Astros, like if the Astros hadn't done what they've done, over the last six years, I wouldn't be picking the Astros. Right. Like I don't know if they have like the best roster right now in the AL, but they've got what it takes and they've proven it. And I also think there's like a little bit of a mental block in some of the other American League teams because of just who the Astros are and just because of how much they've dominated the league over the last six years. Are like, they still cheating? Are they still cheating? Yeah, that's, I mean the Yankees still the there. Yankees still the Yankees for sure have that and the Yankees oh, suck this year they're not going to be in the playoffs but there's clearly something mental because the Yankees just can't get over the Astros hump but I think some of the other teams have that too it's just like you get a little nervous when you go up against a team that has just ran the league the way that the Astros have so I'm not sitting here telling you it's a lock that they're going to go back to the World Series but I that's that's the team and the only team I'd be betting on right now in the AL they are very comfortable at winning and they yeah. know how to do it well. And regardless of, you know, the performance that JV has in the World Series or not, when you get into the postseason, you just need to eat innings for your starters so that you don't go into your your bullpen. Um, you need to keep your bullpen as, bullpen as fresh as possible. That way uh, you can do the lights out, close them out deal. Um, yep. Once you're, you know, once that starting rotation, that starting five gets a lot of innings eaten up into them and the bullpen gets worked, then that that club usually goes down. That's when the lumber starts putting the the mustard on the ball, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. So who's who's your favorite to win the World Series right now? Are you going with the Braves? I, um, I actually do like the Bravos, man. I, they got the best young player in baseball, I think, uh, Acuna Jr. Um, God, if this guy – can we get a – are we going to get a 50 and 50? Huh? <sighs> 50 and I don't know. 50 steals? I don't, I don't know if he's dude. capable of 50 bombs, but he, he could probably get you 40. And 40 and 50, that's still one hell of a, a season, man. When's, I think Ricky Henderson might have been the last person to do that. I Maybe. I don't know. But we, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, that's the level of talent we're seeing with this young man. Um, yeah. 
people wonder like are we ever going to see you know return to glory players like ricky henderson and and uh you know nolan ryan you know strong arms like nolan ryan and in, in baseball of old well hell you're seeing it right now with ronald Cooney jr you know, yeah. you know he is one hell of a compared like people are asking you know, the last time we saw that was Ricky Anderson. I, I'm pretty sure. I'll yeah, have to just, that stat just, saw, just saw this stat. This is from nine days ago. So obviously Acuna's put together a, a couple more bombs and steals since then. But uh, 25 homers, 55 steals, the first player to do that in a season since Ricky Henderson back in 1990. Yes, yeah, So, dude. yeah, obviously with the bases being a little bit bigger, that makes it easier to steal bags. You just think how many – stolen bases Ricky Henderson could have had with these rules right. nowadays, <laughs> right? I mean, like, so there's a little bit of an asterisk. I guess you could put by some of the stolen base numbers because of the rule changes going to those huge pizza box bags. I don't remember Ricky of, having this power, though. The no, power that Acuna's got either, man. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't, I don't know if Ricky could have gotten you 40 in a year like you feel like Acuna has the ability to do. I don't think he's going to get there this year, but he, he might get to 35 right. this season, which, yeah, it's ridiculous, man. I mean, with, with with what Acuna's doing in the NL and with what Shohei's doing in the AL, like, yeah, you're talking about stuff that baseball fans haven't seen in decades. I mean, we've never seen a Shohei. I know right. no, like I misspoke. Like Shohei is the best player in baseball right now. No one like you. You don't yeah. go out and do a doubleheader, pitch a, a you know a, a one a one uh, hit shutout, and then come nope. back two hours later and hit two two fucking home runs, two for three. Like you just don't do that, man. Like he is the best player in baseball, but I just haven't seen anybody in comparison to Ricky Henderson like like Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, no, I mean uh, th those two guys like they are heavy favorites to win the MVP awards in the respective leagues. Like I think right. I think both guys knock on wood this doesn't happen because I love watching these dudes play and I don't wish injury upon anybody. But both of those guys could get hurt today, not play another game this season. And they're still winning MVPs in their respective leagues. Like NL is a little bit tighter because Mookie Betts is having a great year. Freddie Freeman's having a great year. Uh, Matt Olson, I mean, you know, Braves oh, and the Dodgers. You're talking about the NL All Stars on the Dodgers? Yeah, right. Exactly. Right, okay. Exactly. Yeah, their whole roster, basically. Like you've got uh, other MVP candidates in the NL who are having really, really good seasons too. Probably forgetting somebody. But yeah, Shohei in the American League, like that dude. That dude doesn't have to throw another pitch. He doesn't have to take another AB. Uh, and he's winning baseball, the dude. MVP so award. Did the did the Angels get it right? No, they didn't. They didn't. But like they they made a decision that most owners would have made. Yeah. And it's like it's if impossible. I if I got a prospect like Shohei, like if I got somebody like a generational talent, BK, like how can you? I don't know. How can you say? How can you not believe? Or how can you just let them walk? Like, I'm sorry, like, you got to get a return on your investment, but you have to believe in yourself and your club enough to where, hey, man, we think you're this good. We think we can build around you. We do have Mike Trout. I know it's been up and down with Mike Trout. We haven't been able to build you a team that you need right now, but please just believe in us and, you know, invest in us like we're investing in you. That that, that ship has sailed. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But if you're the ownership of the Angels, you have to believe in yourself to to get a generational talent like that. Like that's it. I, I commend you for doing that. You were gonna lose, but you had to do it. Like yeah. they definitely got it wrong, but you had to do it. You know, I I, I like I want to sit here and say I was doing radio in Houston at the time, and I was like, no, trade them, trade them, trade them, because the Angels always blow it and they never make the playoffs, and that's what's gonna happen again this year. And even though they went out and bought at the deadline, and they were red hot right around the time the trade deadline happened, I was like, no. They're going to fall apart because that's what the Halos do every single year. And sure enough, that's exactly what's happening. I Because I knew that was going to happen, I'm like, trade him so he doesn't walk for nothing this offseason. Like, you're going to get maybe the biggest haul. I know he's a rental, 
but you're going to get maybe the biggest hole in trade deadline history for Shohei Otani, right? Like the, yeah. one of the best hitters and one of the best pitchers in all of baseball and a talent that the game has never seen. Like you don't trade him, and now he's probably going to walk for nothing. So, like for me, it was easy to yeah, say like, trade, him, trade him, trade him, trade him. But you're the owner. It's like God, how do I sell this to my fan base, man? Like I'm trading that guy. Like really? Like I'm I'm basically just quitting on this season, and not only this season, but if I trade Shohei, there's no chance he's going to come back and re-sign this off season. So I'm I'm punting on any chance that we get this dude back here, which it's, he's probably not resigning anyways because the Angels have fallen apart and they haven't made the playoffs at all with Shohei there. But like that's that's the tough thing. You put yourself in the owner's shoes, and it's like, God, how can you be the guy who trades right. that guy like you were talking about? Well, how do you think the fan base perceived it? Um, if you're an Angels fan, if you love that club, like are are you? Are you happy that the ownership was actually able to take the risk and take the chance and be like, no, I'm not selling the best player in baseball away. Like, I, I got to give this I got to at least give this opportunity to my to my ball club here. Um, yeah. Or to my yeah. fan base. You're I'm definitely sure. not selling fucking tickets when. No, Shohei no, no gone. one would have gone to Angels games if Shohei was gone. Right. And it's um, yeah, I, I'm sure the fan base was split. Like there, there were probably some rational fans i would call them rational who are like dude like we we, we got to trade this guy right. and rebuild our farm system because our farm system is not very good and we, we need to rebuild we can't dude. just go all in this year we've got to rebuild and plan for a potential life after shohei but i'm sure there were some who were like we've got shohei let's go all in right. so I'm, I'm sure it was a good mix of uh, of angels fans so a couple of years ago orioles were kind of in the situation with manny machado and i was you know, hell bent on election to keep the guy, right? Like, don't trade him. Let's keep him. Let's see what we can get for it. You know, it's a really, you know, five tool player here, you know, at the hot corner, which was at the time was a, a very coveted position for the Orioles. Like we just couldn't get it right. You know, after Cal Ripken left, we were looking for that next succession plan. Um, And, and now look at, you know, you traded away, you know, your value with Manny Machado and got the return on investment there to get you in it's 77 and 48 in yeah. AL man. So maybe that's what the angels, you know, can look at with, with the return on investment there um, that they, uh, that they could have gotten, but sorry, man, that, like I said, man, that, that boat has sailed, bro. But again, yeah. I commend, I commend the organization for believing in themselves, but yeah, they got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Make sure y'all follow Wags on Twitter at not the fake Wags and check out his Instagram at the Wagner Wire. You can see those two handles at the uh, top right portion of your screen. How about this comment from El Chorizo? BK, just shave your head. Why would I shave my head? Why? What's wrong with my hair? I'm not balding. This is not the hairline. I've just got my hair over man. to the you side. You don't see it anymore. You really yeah. don't. No, yeah, like, uh, this is not the. Love this it, is man. not. Re- this is not recession here. Okay. This is this hey, is El Chirito, shave your balls. <laughs> oh man, oh man. I've, I've I've had way too many uh G fuels so far in the morning. How many of those have you had? It's I'm, it's eight thirty six. Just half of one. Just okay. Oh my like, god! If you've already guzzled down two or three of those things, and that's a scary thought for <laughs> no, sorry, I can't everybody. Oh man! All right, so let's uh, let's give some love to our sponsors before we shift gears. Right and you are you are the fantasy football guru, of course. You know everything about sports, but definitely want to ask you maybe some buy or sell fantasy football questions, and you know some guys that you're high on as we get closer to the NFL season and people are starting to have their fantasy football drafts. But I can see it in the background, man. You've got your AV consultation set up. Oh yeah, hooked up. They're coming by my place today. Yeah, they might be here pretty soon, so you might start hearing some random noises of uh, of drill bits going on as they uh, mount these TVs. I might be talking shit to the crew too, because I was on the crew for a while as well, man. So 
Yes, you were. But uh, tell folks about your TV setup and uh, the greatness about audiovisual consultations. Absolutely, man. Well, if you look in my background, you see the two 50-inch flat-screen TVs with sound bars that audiovisual consultations was able to provide for me. 512-255-8678. Over 35 years, they've been setting the standard in audiovisual automation. So give them a call or go to the website at avconsultation.com. See what they can do for you. You see the fucking the mortal Kombat and the the street fighter 2 yeah, yeah they do that for you too man they can they bring you an that? arcade unit yes oh yes. man there is Always. nothing that tom can't do golf simulators wow. it's too hot in texas right now to get on the green so you got to play in the air you know you got to play in your soft shelled air-conditioned house yep. and tom tom mckay and audiovisual consultations can do that for you they can provide you that golf simulator Hell, man, probably a baseball simulator, too. There's nothing. <laughs> no job too big, no job too small. It's like you used to say, man. They're the smart guys that really, uh, they never make you feel dumb. No, no, they're not. Great people, too. And, uh, yeah, they took care of Wags. I can't wait to see who's going to come into your fucking house, dude. I'm going to talk oh. to him at the <laughs> Yeah, because you know those guys. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. it's gone. Like, if I see Big John coming in, man, JB Rare. Oh, JB oh. Rare. He's one hell of a uh, Browns fan, too, man. The, oh. the go-to guy for your stuff with Browns, uh, Browns information. Well, hopefully he's not uh, trying to give me any massages in here. I don't uh, I don't need any of that Deshaun Watson stuff going on, dude. Tug jobs, man. You're just going repelling. Just repelling <laughs> That's all. Uh, no, if I see a tiny towel, I'm going to be a little bit uh, a little bit concerned if uh, if he's coming in here with that. All right, brother. Fantasy football, man. How many how many leagues are you going to be in this year? I have taken it down a little bit. I am only in seven. <laughs> only in seven. I'm only in seven. Yeah, how do you I'm in time three. for that, dude. You've got a full time job. You've got a wife. You've got a kid. How how do you so seven leagues? You mentioned that the kid does play two of them. He's uh he's a co manager for two of them. So any and before he makes any types of moves, he you know says, hey dad, what you, what about this? You think that's a good move? Yeah, buddy. You know, pull the trigger. Let's go. Um, mm. but now it you know it it also keeps a really good relationship between he and I. He's sixteen now. It's uh it's getting harder for him to you know, to stay around the house and hang out with the old man. So whatever yeah. I it used to be, you know, I used to be able to entice him with video games, but now it's girls. So. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's like hit girls, that stage. Huh? Yeah. Girls are calling. They're the most important thing. So uh, girls in sports, Um, but not nah, man. Um, Like, like fantasy bro, to, to me, man, Um, I think, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to placate to, uh to the, the Texas crowd here, but we all know B. John Robinson, right? Yep. John Robinson has come on to the fantasy scene. He's in, make, you know, making the whole industry in an uproar here. They're like, are we really going to invest that much into a rookie right now? Um, well, if you look at the scarcity in running backs, then yes, absolutely. You got one, maybe Christian McCaffrey, who's in the best offensive scheming uh, uh, team whatsoever, you know, with, with yep. Shanahan. Um, Shanahan, there's nobody, there's nobody better that can scheme um, in the NFL. So you got... You got CMC is the the best running back there, and then probably I'd say I'd say Nick Chubb. I know Nick Chubb is getting a lot of not getting the love that he needs right now, but um, you know, we talked about the you know a little bit of the Cleveland tug job there might not be a you know might not be everything you know acclimatized yet for for Watson, so it might might be a lot of Chubb time here. Might be might get a lot of heavy hard Chubb, a lot mm. of heavy hard Chubb. No pun intended there, buddy. So who's who's the number one pick this year? Is it is it McCaffrey or is it Chubb? It, it, it feels like it's one of those two, right? Depending uh, depending on what type of format that you're in. If it's a yeah. super flex league, then you're probably going to go with a quarterback. But if it's a traditional format, you got to go with running backs just because of scarcity. And yep. with that, I have to take 
CMC. Like Christian McCaffrey's probably one. And then I have Chubb as two. A lot of people think that Eckler should be two right now coming out of that uh, that LA offense. But I think that Herbert's going to open it up a little bit more with the receivers there. Um, Saquon Barkley, mm. he's in the mix. Derrick Henry's in the mix. But these those guys are five and six for me, man. Like I got Eckler at four after Bijan at three. You have Bijan at three? I have Bijan Robinson at three and at Arthur Whoa. Smith. Let's remember what Arthur Smith was able to do with the young Derrick Henry when Derrick Henry was a rookie. Yeah. And and we we hear Bucky talk about this all the time. Like he he slides and slips tackles. When's the last time you've ever seen BJ Bijan Robinson take a full-fledged hit? Yeah. I mean, it's you know, he it's the first guy never brings him down, right? 100, like, man. That, that's he's always breaking at least one tackle. He's making at least one guy miss seemingly every time he totes the rock. Like he's falling forward every time, yep. too. It doesn't seem like he falls backwards. So, to yeah. me, like, and especially in Arthur Smith's offense now, um, they got a lot of pieces being able to, to, to come together as well. I think that offense is going to be deadly. Definitely a, a top five fantasy player for me. Man, so where's he going in, in drafts right now? What's the ADP for Bijan? Is it top five? He's no, not top five, but okay. in, in most leagues, he is first round. Yeah, yeah, no surprise, man. Like you said, running backs usually are the first position off the board, and I'm expecting big things from Bijan too. And you talk about Arthur Smith, who's one of the better offensive minds in football for my money. And then you talk about their quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Like he hasn't proven a lot yet. So you know the Falcons are going to be relying on their run game. Hell, that's why they took a running back in the top 10 of the draft. Like, they have every anticipation of doing just that. And also, you know, with quarterbacks who aren't great and maybe don't have a ton of confidence and just want to not turn the ball over, they're going to check down to their running backs a lot out of the backfield. So, Texas fans know how much of a factor Bijan can be in the passing game as well. Sure. We got to see it the last few years. Uh, dude, I, I think Bijan Robinson could be a number two wide receiver on a lot of teams in the NFL. I don't, I don't know if he could be a number one, but like just with his pass catching ability, with his hands, with his route running ability that he showcased during his time in Austin, that dude could be a number two receiver in football. So I think Desmond Ritter is going to be relying on Bijan in the passing game a lot too, which obviously you talk about those PPR or half point PPR leagues. That's why Eckler's so high, right? right. That dude's a pass catching machine. I think Bijan, I don't know if he's going to have like a hundred catches, but I sure as hell feel like he'll have more than 50, 60, maybe, maybe 70 plus in that Atlanta offense this year. Dude, 102, and you mentioned it, right? Like, Ritter, like, what's what's the tools and what's the talent around Ritter? Like, London, London's fantastic. We saw what he's able to do, but how how consistent is that going to be, right? So a lot of checkdowns will will come, I think. And Bajan will be, you know, probably around 50, 50 to 60 receptions easily, I think, man. Especially yeah. into that screen game, dude. He can get he can just get it going there. Um, the other thing that I really gotta to touch on too is from the wide receiver position right like who's going to be that number one rookie coming out of uh out of college right now that's going to make an impact into the nfl qj baby quentin johnson mm -hmm. i, I really dude i really think that he can be an explosive uh explosive wide receiver on the scene and another wide receiver that's flying under the radars for a lot of people george pickens up in pittsburgh man oh man yeah, the guy's a freak, dude. Like, if George Pickens was playing with a better quarterback, I think he'd be drafted a lot higher than he's probably yeah. getting drafted this year. Uh, still not sure if I trust Tiny Hands, Kenny Two Gloves, Pickett up there in Pittsburgh. He's got a lot to prove this season. He's a winner, but, man. He's a winner. Yeah, yeah, that's, all, yeah. that's all you can tell me about Kenny Pickett, man. Like, I, I, sure, I've seen him win in college. He's, he's a guy, winner. What did he win in college? He didn't win that much. He played a pit. I know what he won like one ACC division title 
during his I got, time I got in a college. Lot of buddies back east that are Pittsburgh fans, and that's all they no. can tell me is that he's a winner. They can't back anything up with stats. They just say he's a fucking winner. Like I, I think you. the guy had seven touchdowns and nine picks last year. Winner, yeah, some it's some like winner he people is. People tell talking about Flack. Oh yeah, Flacco. Flacco just throws a really good deep ball, hon. Yeah, that's it. I'd, I'd much rather have Flacco down there. You ever you ever heard people talk about Flacco? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, for that one postseason, he was unstoppable. But for the that rest of his career. Yeah, for the rest of his career, he was uh, pretty damn stoppable. Uh, all right, I'm sure you get asked this. You probably hate this question because you get asked it every year. But uh, in a regular league, how early is too early to draft a quarterback? What's uh, what's the WAG's recommendation for taking a QB in uh, the normal leagues that most people play? Man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you eight. Like if um, it depends depends on the quarterback that's that's there, right? Like you're obviously if you can get Patrick Mahomes in the third round, if you can get Patrick Mahomes in the second round. I mean, it, that's hard to pass up. Like, that's just – we talked about generational talent with Shohei Atani and Ronald Cooney Jr. Patrick Mahomes is generational talent. Sure. Um, you can get Aaron Rodgers in the 10th round this year for some reason. That's wild. Uh, two years removed from the MVP around one hell of an offensive juggernaut. If Especially, like, if Brees Hall can return to the form that he was, you just added Dalvin Cook. You have the offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. There's a lot of weapons that that Rodgers can play with. He brought in Lazard, brought in Cobb. Um, yeah, man. Like, yeah, Garrett like, Wilson too. Uh, I can, mean, you can, yeah, you can get a quarterback. You can get a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers's value and and worth in the tenth round. Dude. I'm going to tell you to wait. Don't 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 be that guy and take the quarterback in the third round. Like the differential in points is probably four. Maybe you're going from a twenty-seven ceiling to a, a twenty-three ceiling, man. So the differential is really small. Build your depth. Go get, um, you know, go get positions like running back where scarcity is is very, very high. So, uh, yeah, wait on that quarterback, man. Please, okay. please. God, unless, it's super flex, unless it's super flex league, which means you can play two quarterbacks. Yeah, please wait on that quarterback. Yeah, you need to draft a QB early in those super flex yeah, leagues, right? Round. Yeah, you don't want to get stuck with uh, Travis just a Kelsey, rando. though, bro. Like Travis Kelsey, man. Huh? Like being a tight end, like it doesn't matter if you know if he's wide receiver one, two, and three. You know where the ball is going. It's just nothing but execution now. So a lot of people are asking me, like, are you really taking Travis Kelsey as a first rounder? Absolutely, one hundred percent. So is he? Are you taking Kelsey before any receiver, or like mm. how how do you rank the pass catchers? Is is Justin Jefferson number one? Like what JJ, sort of JJ is number one okay. just because he he lines up in the slot a lot. He gets a lot of free releases off the off the line, and um, regardless of who's throwing the ball, Kirk Cousins, you know, Mister Cole Cap, you know, Captain Cole Cash himself is still able to to sling the rock to JJ. Um, I got JJ Chase and then Travis Kelsey as the okay. as the pass catchers. I like that. Maybe my last fantasy football question. How early is too early to draft Justin Tucker? <laughs> First round? First round, round, baby. First oh, round, man. man. I mean, the guy's a machine. He does not miss. Automatic. Mr. Automatic. No, um, he is definitely the first kicker off the board, clearly. Um, But kickers don't go until – it better be last round, bro. I'm sorry. Like, when I, I – <laughs> I'll still – I've matter of fact, hold on. This is for the Scott Fishbowl, which is a national – uh a national tournament that's held on, you know, Sirius satellite radio, fantasy, uh, uh, fantasy radio as well. Josh Tucker, or excuse me, Justin Tucker went in the 11th round. He got drafted in the 11th round in this draft. Wow. And this is a national draft. Like this is sponsored by ESPN. Like this is a huge draft. That's what um, you want, man. You, you want to, you want drafts with 
like some diehard fans in there. Oh, 100%. Always, so that whoever drafted that was either a Ravens fan or a Longhorns fan or both. Got to be a Longhorns you know, fan. Like you, want, you want like a league with just a bunch of, you know, a, a, a diehard Cowboys fan who's going to reach on every single Cowboy and then a, a diehard Dolphins fan who's going to reach it. Like that's what you want. You want the good mix of just guys who want their team's players on their fantasy team so you can get some good value with, uh, with all of your picks. 11th round that's out absurd. of 16 rounds <laughs> out of 16 rounds he got drafted in the 11th i love talking before about, fucking defense before defense yeah that uh, that is something else. over wide receivers over building depth justin yeah. tucker got selected something else yeah, yeah for that like three Hook point him. difference that right. he that he brings hook him indeed hook him, buddy all right uh some love for some sponsors before we get into some texas football talk because i do want to get wags's take on the longhorns and some of the big storylines that are facing this team as we sit 10 days out. How about that? 10 days it's, away. It's college football week, though. We yeah, do we do some college football. You're right. Yeah, it's we do our college football. Hey, we'll take it, man. Three yeah, days from college football coming back. We get that Notre Dame Navy game coming up in Dublin. We get the uh, USC. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be awesome, man. Oh, my God. They played, uh, what, uh, Northwestern and Nebraska played. Were they in Ireland, too, last year? I know they were was somewhere in Ireland. I know, I, I know it was a. Uh, country overseas i just don't know if it was ireland i can't ireland england i, I thought yeah. it was england but yeah it might have been england i don't know but still ships regardless notre dame the fighting irish i was at uh kelly's irish pub you on might Old be right it's probably it has to be dublin i mean it's it's yeah. notre dame dude they're going yeah. back over to the homeland oh the irish dude they're pumped about it they, they should be that's going to be an awesome scene out there that'll be fun to watch and then usc you know they, they play san jose state they're going to win that game by 40 or 50 but you are talking about a team with college football playoff aspirations this year so you do get some big brands some good teams not a ton of good games out of these seven or eight that i think you'll have to choose from this weekend but dude it's college football who the hell cares like i'm gonna be literally just locked into my couch like i'm gonna have you over man i'm gonna tell people to come over and just watch ball all day long i'm not doing anything i'm just gonna have a bowl of cheetos right next to me (laughs) have all the snacks all the beer all the altstad beer speaking of altstad Yeah, hey, I was at uh, Kelly's Irish Pub. They've got Altstad beer. Shout out to the, the great people over there. Uh, fun spot. They've only been around since November, but really, night? really cool. You're looking, you're looking pretty good yeah. for, oh, for dude, having I, one hell of a night last night with the Allstack crew. Man, those guys, it, it's it, they get after it, dude. I was in bed by like 10 o'clock last night. I'm shocked because they don't let you leave the party. I know, I know. I just like, dude, and I, I Uber eats some Taco Bell. I couldn't even finish the Taco <laughs> Bell. I've got some TV in the fridge right now. Is that okay to eat? I don't see. I think you're all right. You got a cast iron stomach, man. Um, <laughs> I think you're good. Anyone else, I would give a little bit of reservation to, but I think you're all right. Like you, you got one of those stomachs that a marine has, man. You can eat anything. Yeah, that's uh, the only time I'll get compared to a marine. That's that's the only thing uh, that. Uh, uh, man, you're good, dude. I'd, I'd take you into hell, homeboy. I uh, appreciate that. Uh-oh. This guy, too. I'd take this guy into hell, too. He'd just stare right through Satan's fucking soul. <laughs> That's right. I think I could have been a good killer in a different life. BK, I, I you can get you away that. with Taco Bell right now because you're not quite 30 just yet. So I'm good on the uh, refrigerated Taco Bell. It's in the fridge, right? It should be fine. It hasn't just been sitting out on the counter overnight. When your body is completely breaking down in like five to ten years, just remember that leftover Taco Bell. <laughs> that will be the reason, huh? Not the millions of other Taco Bell trips be, that I've had. Be Trey's soulless face just with that shitty grin being like, I told you. Huh? Oh, my God. Dude, we, we were talking about it a little bit before we uh, started the broadcast today. And it's just, dude, I'm not even 30 yet. 
And I'm like, I just, I can't hang like I used to, dude. I used to call you and Trey and Kevin so soft. Like, oh, we can't, you know, it's like, you guys are soft. It's just a mindset, right? Like you guys, whatever. I'm not going to be that dude. I'm going to be able to drink and go hard and party and stay out all night, every single night. And it's not going to hit me at all. And here my ass is, I'm not even 29 and a half yet. I'm at 29 and I'm like, it just dude. Hits different, dude. And I'm sure, you know, William from Altstat, my boy, love that dude. He he probably went somewhere after Kelly's. He oh, probably yeah. like kept drinking somewhere. And I'm like, I dude, I gotta I gotta get home. Like, Chase like, the demons down. Yeah, he chased the demons down with more demons. Oh man. So shout out to Altstat Beer. Uh love those guys, man. Always love chopping it up with them. It's it's my favorite beer all over Texas. I was drinking it in Houston. I drink it all the time in Austin. My fridge is stocked with it, getting ready for a college football season. Yours should be too. They've got a bunch of different brews. I was down in the Kolsch last night. That's probably my favorite, but man, they've green got a great Hefeweizen. Right? Is that the green label? That's the red label. Red label. The uh yeah, the uh they've got green the label green label. Lager. Yep, yep. The uh the blue label, the lager, that's the classic, the Kolsch, the classic as well. The Hefeweizen, the purple label is fantastic. The Altstadt Light is perfect for the summer. Sacrifices on calories but does not sacrifice on taste. I'm telling you there is something for every beer drinker out there. Alt stat beer, no impurities, no regrets. And oh, by the way, while I was chopping it up with William and the alt stat team last night, Brandon Mars from Top Gun. How about that? Rentals and lawn equipment. Yeah, he came by and he's not drinking with, with all you guys. Came out and had a few alt stats himself. So shout out to Brandon Mars. Great dude, man. Uh, I've said it a few times like he's the type of guy you want to have a beer with, hell, a whole case of beers with. We downed a couple. Even ordered us a shot yesterday, which uh, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Done. Uh, on a school <laughs> night, I don't know if I needed that, dude. Yeah, but Brandon's great people and uh, Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment—they've got everything you need, man. If you have to get something done at your house, at your place of business, they've got all the equipment that you need. All of the biggest brands like Steel, Hustler, Toro, Walker, DeWalt, and more. They are Austin's number one source for all of your equipment, rentals, sales, and supplies. And they've been that way since 1996. Two Austin area locations, one up north in Anderson Square, the other down on South First Street. Check them out online, topgun.net. We will shoot you straight. Okay, Wags, let's talk some Texas football, man. Uh, You know, you're making your TSU debut. Everybody has heard from me. Everybody's heard from the Buck. Everyone's heard from Trey and Kevin and Chip and Zay. And we've all talked about our expectations and our thoughts about this Texas Longhorn football team heading into year three of the Steve Sarkeesian era. But for you personally, man, where are you at with this Longhorn team? What are your expectations for Texas in 2023? Um, at first, I wanted to, to kind of creep into this season, man, because uh, like usually – you come in here with very optimistic expectations and then you get let down. Uh, like ultimately you just get let down. <laughs> yeah. So um, at first I looked at the schedule and I was just like, all right, you know, that looks like nine wins. And then as the hype has continued to progress and, you know, scrimmages has gone down, practices have gone down that, that nine has turned into 10. Um, and now I'm starting to talk myself up and to a little bit of, Hey man, you know, we win the big 12, you know, where we got direct representation right there. We're in the playoffs. So you win the big 12, things can take care of itself. I'm not going to sit here and call Alabama. A, you know, it's never a down year for Alabama. Like they just, re- I'm sorry. Like Georgia yeah. might, Georgia might be the top of the pantheon right now, but uh, Alabama just reloads that sec just reloads. Um, we talked about a two horse race 
you know, with the West being uh, the Astros and and the Rangers earlier, I still think it's a two horse race in the SEC with Alabama and with Georgia. No. Uh, I think we'll be contenders. I think we'll be will we have a legitimate shot to get over ten wins. Um, there's been there's been a lot of like the succession plan, like in the running back room, right? We we Jonathan can, can Brooks actually be the guy to step up and, and fill in for Bijan. There's a, there's one hell of a recruit that we got. Uh, uh, CJ, I can't remember the guy's last name, but um, CJ Baxter, yep. CJ Baxter, man, yep. uh, really turning some heads in camp and impressing a lot of people. I heard Bucky talk a lot about him. And if there's, if there's someone you need to listen to in terms of running back play, it might be Bucky Godbold. Like yeah. the guy might know a little bit of thing or two about, about running back. So yeah, man, there's a lot of excitement in this Longhorns group, uh, Longhorns camp. Um, I, I just don't want to let myself down, you know what I mean, and let the rest of the Texas fan base down yeah, yeah. Um, and get hurt. It's not It's but not going to be your fault. Your prediction is not going to be the reason. It's not on me for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. People will blame nah, Stark more than you, I promise, if uh, if things go off the rails this year. I definitely see 10 wins. And, okay. Uh, I'm very, very confident about 10 wins. Yeah, I think, uh, look, Vegas has the over-under at 9.5 right now, so I don't think that's a far-fetched prediction at all. I think a lot of Longhorn fans are almost expecting 10 wins from this team this that's year. The, problem, the expectations. Are well, the expectations the problem? I mean, it, shoot. It, it, I mean, Texas fans have probably expected 10 wins in each of the last 12 or 13 years, and uh, they got there, what, one time back in 2018, the year they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. That was the 10th win. That's the only 10-win season the Longhorns have had since obviously playing for that national championship at the end of the 09 season. So, uh, yeah, look, I, you, you should have high expectations, right? I'm not going to get mad at fans for expecting good things right. from Texas football. Like, if you're a Kansas football fan and you're expecting 10 wins every year, you're an idiot, right? Like, you should know better. But – with the resources that Texas has, with the history that Texas has. Like, I grew up in, in the aughts, you know, like with, with Mac Brown's heyday. Like, Texas was winning 10 games every year. And, my God, it was a huge letdown. That's what you were accustomed to, man. That's, yeah, that was exactly. your standard. That's what, like, Longhorn fans were used to seeing for a while. And I know, like, there have been some down stretches in the history of Texas football, but nothing really like this. So I can't criticize anybody for expecting big things from Texas with everything the Longhorns – have been able to do at times in the past and everything that they should be able to do right now. Uh, no, you, your standards should be high around these parts. So, uh, and this year, especially man, like I, this is the most optimistic I've been about the Longhorns in a yeah. long time. Now I'm still going nine and three. That's below the Vegas total. And I think people will get mad at me and call me a pessimist again, which I've been called that a million times. I think you're a realist. Right over my media career but yeah usually hell usually i'm too optimistic like right. there have been years where i've said like seven wins and they go out there and win five right so it's like yeah. I, i'm just i i'm a realist pessimist whatever you want to call it but sadly like that's just trey calls it utsd that's what it is like that's what i've got and i've got utsd, UTSD i love it <laughs> from from what this uh program has put us through in the last few years so uh nine and three is where i'm at right now um, could they get to 10? Absolutely. Could they yeah. get to 11? Like, Wax, they're going to be favored in every game except one, that game in it's Tuscaloosa. scary. Like, like being the favorite's scary because I think this team responds well when they're the underdog. Yeah, so it's like, you know, obviously if the season progresses, maybe Texas won't be favored in the other 11 games. But, like, if you were making lines for the regular season schedule, now the Horns would be picked to win 11 of those 12 games. So, uh, yeah, you 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 should have high hopes 
for this team this year. They've got the best roster that they've had maybe since 2009. Yeah. Year three of the coach, year three of the defensive coordinator. It's rare to see this much continuity on the coaching staff around these parts because it feels like someone's getting fired every single mm-hmm. year. Uh, you, ha- you haven't had the turnover there, which is really, really nice. Uh, Sark, speaking highly, he's, he's talked about it a lot this offseason, Wags, like, Oh, I finally feel like this is my program. Like I, I have things where I want. I feel like this is my team. These are my guys. Like he's raising the bar too. So you should, if the head coach is coming out there yeah, and man. talking like that, then yeah, you can't get mad at any fan for feeling that. Okay, big things could be in store this year. Yeah, you get you get players like Ad Mitchell coming over into your program and stuff like that. Um, it, it really does you know help boast your confidence. I would I would imagine you know what I mean. And and look, Sark knows what a winning program is. He was at Alabama. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and if if that pedigree and if that template is there starting to form in that, uh, you know, in the Longhorns locker room, then he, he obviously would know better than than all of us. You know, if if he's got the next Alabama in his room, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, For right. me, though, like my question to you is what has been your most intriguing position room for the Longhorns this year? Most intriguing. Well, I think the best position room that Texas has is the wide receiver room. And yeah. I like I, I don't know if there's a ton of intrigue there. I guess the intrigue is how is Quinn Ewers going to spread the wealth to all of those pass catchers, right? If you throw Jatavion Sanders in there too, who for my money is one of the best tight ends in the country, then dude, I mean that's that might be maybe outside of Ohio State, the best group of pass Jeez, catchers. The red zone in- threat. Oh my God, man, with all these with with AD Mitchell now coming to town dude. too. And Nayor, who, you know, was doing big things in camp last year, the transfer from Wyoming, obviously tore his ACL before the season started. So we didn't get to see him in 22. But with that guy there, oh, by the way, Xavier Worthy there, and Jordan Whittington back for another year, and then the five-star Jonte Cook coming in like that. Dude, It the wide receiver room, once again, I don't know if it's the best in the country because Ohio State exists. You know, Washington, we got to see them in the bowl game. They've got 2,000-yard receivers coming back. Uh, and Michael Penix is still there tossing them the rock. So, you know, there, there are some other really, really good receiver rooms in college football. But to me, that's the strength of this Texas team, man. Like, it's going to be tough for opposing defenses. You can't double any of those guys right. because if you do that, well, somebody else Somebody's is really open. good. Yeah, they're going to pick you apart. So that – I don't know if that's intriguing. I'm just excited, really, right. to see what the wide receiver room is going to be because uh, there's some serious, serious talent and some experience there, some proven commodities there as well. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. What about what about you? Where are you at? What uh, what has your attention? Position uh, the defensive line room really has my uh, really has my attention here. It's been a what maybe ten years since we've had a double sack uh, a double sack player on our squad, especially from the D line. Like, look, Joseph Osai was an amazing defensive player, um, but wasn't traditionally a defensive lineman like he was a linebacker obviously right like now if we can get some some big nasties to get after it on the line here and just create some base pressure to allow you know linebackers to flow and get after it hell man i think this defensive line can actually you know make a make a plow for um uh ian boyd i talked to you about this last night ian boyd had a really good article that he released for inside texas the other day talking about how collins uh could be a you know a multiple technique um guy on, on the defensive line here i'd love yeah. to see that um that's kind of what aaron donald is able to do for the rams uh you don't really see too many defensive linemen able to move uh and play multiple techniques so i'm a little bit intrigued to see how collins is going to play out 
Yeah, man, Collins has had a tremendous fall camp right. by all accounts, and we, we've been waiting. We've been waiting. Like, we've talked about it a lot on Texas Sports Unfiltered, how it's like, I, I'm not buying into Alfred Collins. No offense to the young man. I, I hope he uses my videos as motivation, right? <laughs> like, this jabroni out here saying that I can't have a breakout season, that I'm still, you know, the inconsistent player that I've been over the last three years. Like, I'm still in total wait and see mode for Alfred Collins, but I can't sit here and lie that I'm not excited about the right. reports that have been coming out of camp with that guy. Cause you know, five-star kid, one of the top recruits in the country a few years ago. And at times we've seen flashes. It's not like he's done nothing during his Texas career. He's like been able to put it all together. Yeah. He's made some wow plays to where it's like, Oh yeah. Like this dude is a special, special talent, but it's just, yeah, it hasn't been able to put it all together consistently Hell, forget over the course of the season, but like over the course of a game, you know, it's yeah. just like you see a flash play every Played once off. in a while, but you just, yeah, you want that dude to to take off. And man, if he can be that impact player that you're talking about, that Ian Boyd's talking about, that uh, the Texas coaching staff is talking about, then watch out because you're right. Like this D-line, especially the interior of this defensive line, uh, you could argue that that's the strength of this defense. With Devondre Sweat coming back, we know what he's capable of. With Byron Murphy, uh, that guy's gotten some Aaron Donald comparisons. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, Aaron Donald, way, way, way light. Right. Uh, right. Of course, we're right. talking about one of the best defensive players in the history of the sport. Another generational player. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, another one of those generational talents. But, yeah, with Byron Murphy there, too. Vernon Broughton has been in this program for a couple of years. Like, uh, the Trill Carter, what a name, the transfer coming in as well. Oh, yeah. Like, there's there's some dudes. You've got some game wreckers on the interior of that defensive line. I, I don't know about the edge. Uh, still still some question marks there. Uh, Trey and I were talking about it yesterday. You know, Baron Sorrell, Ethan Burke. It feels like those are your two starters off the edge this year. Uh, not the most proven commodities on the outside, but on the inside. Yeah, you've got some talent. You've got some experience. You've got some game wrecking type of dudes on that defensive front. And and quarterback man, Tom Brady talks about this a lot. Like quarterbacks hate pressure right up the middle yeah so when you think of those big 300 plus pound defensive tackles you're usually thinking stopping the run stopping the run stopping the run which of course is important don't get me wrong but if you can get those big bodies to get after the quarterback and put some pressure right in their face dude that makes life so much easier for the linebackers and for the secondary so if texas can get that out of that uh, DT group this year, then watch out. This defense could be better than what it was last yeah, year. It's funny you mentioned that because Brady actually talks about that a lot. He goes, I'm, I'm so accurate because I'm, I'm able to get in the pocket and step up into my throws. With that defensive pressure coming out of the middle right there, that that step up is not no longer there. It's taken away from <laughs> you. So you actually got to sidestep and then try to find a way to step into your throw again. Um, yeah. With good defensive pressure like that, especially out of a base package, that's fantastic. And just like you said, it allows the linebackers to – to stay off and get back and de- get depth and uh, stay in space. And who knows, man, maybe uh, maybe get some bingo sixes, baby, as we used to call it back in my heyday. The bingo six? The bingo sixes, man. I like that. What is that, a pick six or yeah, stupid uh, score? Yeah, bingo, bingo is like uh, was our code for, hey, interception, or Oski. We used to say Oski, too. How about pass, that? ball, Oski, pass, ball, bingo. That's awesome. That's weird. Uh, hey, you, you made it further in your football career than I made it in mine. So I, you know, not too much further. Well, so. I played one year of football and one year of tackle football. It's pretty good flag there player, go. both as a kid and an intramurals. Go play intramurals, brother. Go play <laughs> intramurals, brother. One year of tackle football. It was in sixth grade. Never lost a game. Dude, perfection. 
How many football you players? Inter, you were all intramural? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know if I was all intramural, but I did win an IM championship one year, and I wear that shirt <laughs> proudly. Like, it's like 2013, 2014, IM champ, and I wear that to work out the one time a year that I work out. Uh, the one time a year. It's a, it's a big deal, man. But, yeah, never lost a tackle football game in my life, dude. Like, how many football players can say that, that they never lost? All right? And I was you one of like – the 1%. I'm telling you, I was like one of three white kids who started on both sides of the ball, too. So I was really proud of that. Yeah, I was one of four in Baltimore, man. So the only one in a skilled position, if you count linebacker, a skilled position. Yeah. Now, I also played like cornerback when no one threw the football. (laughs) And I played like tight end and fullback when no one threw the football. So I wasn't catching anything. They had me as a lead blocker at times last year, dude. Last year. When I was in sixth grade. That wasn't last year. How old am I now? The last time you played, though. The last time. The last time I played. Ah, good times. Good times. You can be my blocking back any day, bud. Appreciate that, brother. You you don't want that. You're gonna get your ass beat if uh if I, I'm your I, lead I welcome the good time that followed <laughs> you. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Uh, a couple of comments to get to, and we appreciate the love. Keep uh keep those comments coming. Uh Ricardo says, I don't think the 08 O line OL was as good as this current O line. I don't either. I think Colt McCoy overcame some deficiencies oh, that yeah. Texas had up front in those two seasons. So, yeah, if this offensive line is as, is as good as it was last year, then, yeah, the, this group is better. And I think there's reason to believe that this O-line, with DJ Campbell being a starter this year and also with just the other guys all being a year older, reason to believe that the 23 group could be even better than the, uh, than the 22 group. Uh, Mike asks, any chance we'll have remote game day telecast. Yes, Ooh. we're still trying to iron out some details, Mike, but we will be on location somewhere for pregames this season. So obviously 10 days away from the first Texas game this year, we will keep you posted on this channel about our whereabouts, but we will have pregame shows. We will have postgame shows every game day this season. So definitely be on the uh, the lookout and the listen out for that. We'll, uh, we'll keep you Fenster posted too, BK. Chad Fenster thinks the O-line's underrated this year too. Chad Finster. Am I reading that right? Is that a comment? Chad oh, there you Finster. Go. No, Chad Finster <laughs> like, is the. Are, are you making some like movie reference or TV reference? No, like, bro. I swear to God, that's no lingo, man. Is that is that a guy in Blue Mountain State or something like that? There's some Remember the Titans, dude. Blue Mountain State. What a pool. Like that's that what, show, dude. Oh, Maybe dude. you want to be a backup quarterback. Oh man, it made all of us want to be a backup quarterback with uh, with what Alex Moran was pulling off in college. Uh, God, Denise Richards in that show. Hello. Yeah. Hello. I was, I was a huge fan of that show. And I'm, that, a, I'm a huge, I'm still a huge fan of Denise Richards. Yeah. Oh, me too. She still got it. She still got it. That show taught me my most important college lesson that I think I ever learned. And it, it came out before I was in college. But uh, Alex Moran one time made a joke about having a girlfriend in college. And it's like, dude, you're a loser if you have a girlfriend in college. And I was like, I'm not getting a girlfriend in college. I'm not limiting myself to just one girl in my four years at the University of Texas. That was uh, that was strong life advice from Blue Mountain State. You're one of the smartest people in the world for a reason, dude. You follow <laughs> really good advice. Yeah, yeah. That that one was good advice. Uh, some of the stuff that I follow, maybe not so much. We were yeah. we were on the the forty at the same time too, around the same. Like I, th- yeah. I graduated a year after you, but uh, you were yeah, what, you were seventeen. No, I was. I don't even know how old I was. Well, I knew you were um, old. I wasn't seventeen when I graduated college. I'm not that smart. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, twenty. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I'm sorry. It's still early for me, bro. Um, oh, man. No, like when 
I'm trying to think of how old I actually was when I was at UT because it was it was very non-traditional, abnormal. Um, felt like the old weird dude, you know, on campus. <laughs> you were the old weird. I dude was the old campus. weird dude. The weird weird country for eleven years. Yeah, so you know, it, it was. Just, I mean, I just you know, looking back on it, man, I just wish we had somebody better than Case McCoy. <laughs> dude case was like the best i mean when david Ash was we healthy, he was better but no case like brought me my favorite memories as a student at as a texas football fan like that's it was him or no, no disrespect to these guys as people but tyrone swoops and gerard heard yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that was what we had you know like but, but, and speak, dude was jeff jeff coat was the last time we had a guy with multiple with with at least 10 sacks yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. I think it was twenty twelve, maybe maybe a little bit after that. But yeah, Jackson Jeffcoat out of Plano West. That guy was awesome. He was. Yeah, we. That's what I'm talking about. We need to get uh, back to that, man. We need to get our defensive line hungry, getting you know multiple, multiple set like at least ten to to twelve sacks, man. If you can get two defensive linemen in there with the double digits of sacks, yeah, my God, bro. We we've we've got one of those guys coming in next year with yeah, Colin yeah. Simmons. Yeah. Like uh, Jeff Howe, Horns 24-7, he'll be a part of this uh, channel more moving forward too. He's like, dude, Colin Simmons is like the closest thing in terms of skill set that Texas has gotten on the recruiting trail since Jackson Jeffcoat. Now, I think Simmons has more potential in terms right. of the NFL. Right? Jeffcoat a little bit undersized and has had a great CFL career, but late round draft pick in the NFL and then bounced up there to Canada. Uh, now, Simmons, Simmons can be that dude. The problem is he's not on campus yet. Right. I, I don't know if Texas has that dude this year. Unfortunately, it's going to have to be a by committee approach, and hopefully the committee can uh, can do enough to be productive there. So let me ask you a question. Remember how we had the trickle down effect or the domino effect with Arch Manning after Arch Manning signed? Do yep. you think that's plausible? Do you think that's going to happen now with Collins? Man, with uh, yeah, or, that's me, with a uh, Colin, Colin Simmons. Yeah, it's that's easy to to call him Collins. I think I've done that a time or two. Um, yeah, look, I like, I, I think Texas is going to recruit incredibly well again, like, especially if they go out there and win 10 games, like you're talking about, like yeah. if Texas wins the conference, I mean, there's already a ton of buzz about the move to the sec. Uh, and that's a recruiting pitch. Hell, Colin Simmons talked about it when he committed, like he, he wants to go play in the sec. Like it's the premier conference in the sport and the sec sends more players to the NFL draft every year than any other conference. And if you're playing football at UT or at any big school, you want to play on Sunday. So it's already exciting that Texas is about to go play in that league. But if Texas can win the big 12, you know, uh, win 10 or 11 games this season and play in a new year, six bowl or something very, very close to it, then boom, that's going to help with recruiting even more. Please. So yeah, Sark's already proven to be like an elite recruiter. And even with, uh, you know, coming off of a five and seven and an eight and five season, the fact that he was able to bring in the class that he just brought in, super impressive, super, Eight. super impressive. But if you see the on-field success uh, come around a little bit more, then, yeah, the recruiting is going to be even better, which is a scary thought. So, yeah, Simmons, I think, will help. But it, I think what will help more is just, hey, if Texas can actually figure it out, and it's not just going to be lip service. It's not just going to be a honeymoon yeah. phase with Sark, like hoping that he can get the job done. No, the guy that they call seven-win Sark is going to have to prove that he can win more than seven games. He's going to have to prove that he can win 10 games. He's never yeah. won 10 games in a season as a head coach 
And he's coached for a number of years at some high level programs with Washington, with USC, and with Texas. Yeah, it's the pack. It's the pack four, though, bro. Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. But still, you know, like that's uh, Sark's got to get over that hump, and like sure. he's got everything in place to do it this year. I think he should do it this year. But he's got to like that's going to help the most on the recruiting front is just actually seeing results in the fall because winning and recruiting is great. Guess what, Wags? Charlie Strong could win in recruiting. Now, yeah. not to this level, but he still recruited top 10 classes. Tom Herman, he had a top three class one year. He still recruited top 10 classes more often than not. God, and they didn't, they didn't win on the field. Yeah, well, according to him, he's a genius. He's a, he is the smartest dude I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Are you are you Tom Herman saying that? Are you speaking in third person? Um uh well it's funny you mentioned that. Uh you know, we kind of gotta get back to um uh I don't even I can't even do Tom Herman. <laughs> I, I I can't even do it. Uh oh, hey, my guy Jonathan Franks. Wags, we had class together. I was 30. Yeah, hey. Franks, I remember Jonathan Franks. I remember um it was uh Professor Dave Corey Davis, maybe? I can't I can't remember the receiver Probably not Corey Davis. Definitely not Corey Davis, but Corey something was the my our professor's name was Corey. I just can't remember his last name. Um, but yeah, it was like um, it was the UT. It was like the UT studies or the underclass studies or something that we had to take. Oh, yeah. One know. of those random BS classes that had nothing to do with your major. But I remember I remember Jonathan, Jonathan, avid, avid Longhorns fan. Um, there you go. And, you know, full fledged, just nothing but Longhorns, man. Bleeds yeah. the burnt orange. Man, yeah, I wish we had a class in college. I wish we knew each other in college. That would have been uh, that would have been fun, man. We, we would probably would have times. failed, dude. Like, I don't think I would have gotten through that class, especially <laughs> if I would have met you, like, knowing who you are and the. Dude, type you wouldn't of have seen me in the class. You, you would have yeah, seen me outside of class, there. just on <laughs> just on test days. Yeah, if you uh, if you were going to class, I would have asked you for your notes and for or to take my eye clicker. Like, dude, please dude. sign me into this deal. So I don't have to go real, real quick before we get in back into sports. I just got to tell a story about UT when I was there on campus. Like we, we talked about, you know, exams just for a minute there. Yeah. Probably the top play of all plays that I've ever seen in my life in terms of cheating on an exam was this girl that sat next to me. She had her outfit, right? Just to start <laughs> like walking in. You almost you wanted to look at her, but you were afraid to look at her because of how revealing some of the stuff she had on. Right on like, test day. On test day. Well, that's bro. smart. You know, she's trying to attract somebody, and, and there's right. more options on test day than any other high, day. High knee socks, right? Mini skirt, oh. okay, and a really short blouse. And she sat next to me, dude. And the thing was, dude, she had her notes like up under her skirt like where her skirt was like on her thigh she oh, had no. her notes written on her thigh and she <laughs> well, was on her thigh on on her like her inner i'm not even messing wow. around like on her inner thigh so when i'm looking over to the left and of course like it's hard not to it's hard not to look dude and you look over and i'm just like she, she's pulling her skirt up and i'm like what is this chick doing you know what i mean <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here like this and bro i'm just seeing a, a paragraph on her inner thigh dude and like you know damn well no professors looking down there. Can't. You know, you can't. You just absolutely can't. So champion of all champions for cheating right wow. there. Wow. She yeah, didn't I, catch you? Hell, I'm not going to look. I mean, I got goosebumps talking about it right now. You weren't you know, looking down there? I, I'm not try, I'm not going to get caught cheating. You yeah, know I guess I mean? you could be caught cheating in more ways yeah. than one if you're one, doing that, one, right? Dude, 
good play right there. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm looking down at the left. I'm trying to do, you know, my best to keep my eyes on the paper, bro. You were married at that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of hey, you want um, you want Uh-oh. don't go to school married. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't te- like um I, I would have been 18 yeah. and married. It was a little yeah. different for me versus you who were, you know, 30 or something when you were in school. Yeah. I mean, don't, and you know, I eat steak every night, bro. I eat steak every night. My, my wife is gorgeous, but man, there are some really good looking girls on campus. Oh, dude, we know that. That's, that's one of the things that excites me most about coming back to Austin is, uh, look, not to say that Houston didn't have some very good looking women, but Austin, it's, it's a different breed up yeah. here, man. There's that's probably awesome. only one other place that I'd go in terms of like, women and that's probably usc um, oh yeah like yeah. the song girls i mean you just that's the traditional sweaters dude uh, it was my uh my sophomore year of school so it would have been maybe your first year of school where we played at usc and i went out there yeah you did uh, with a bunch of bunch of buddies from ut but also like one of my best friends from high school went to usc and dude just walking around pregame the tailgate just oh my i fell you in love like, at, at that time right your sophomore year no, uh, yeah, I would have been an intern, I guess. I'm trying to think either at the zone. or I remember you going out to Pasadena and watching a game. Yeah, when I was uh, interning, man, that was was that? No, wait, that was after college. Maybe that, yeah, dude, that was after college. Day. It's a, was it, after, it all runs into one day no, for me. You're right. You're right. That was after college. Uh, that was after. Oh man, I, I'm just trying to pretend that I'm still in school. I think you've gone multiple times though, haven't you? Yeah, no, it was after school. It was maybe my first or second year after school. Um, and what was Pasadena like, dude? Oh, dude, it was awesome. I can only imagine. <laughs> the tailgate scene was was ridiculous. So, okay, I had my timing getting like that too in the West Coast, right? With that backdrop of all the mountains there in California too. When the sun starts to set, man, it just looks beautiful. And then you have, man, and don't get me wrong, like I, lo- you know, I. I I love being, you know, in the burnt orange here all the time, but I think the pageantry for USC when the, you know, the guy comes out and sticks the sword in the ground, like that's pretty badass to me, man. That's a pretty good yeah, show. It is, man. It is. Yeah, they don't have the most passionate fans in the country. I mean, no, no one in the pack four, or ten, or twelve does. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of cool traditions that they do out there, and the lighting of the torch going into the fourth quarter, like at the Coliseum, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It was 2017, so yeah, I was out of college. I was at the Horn. Good call. You got I was I was drinking a lot. Still am drinking a lot. My yeah, memories. We all are. Hey, did Amina who have uh, ten sacks? Was he a double digit sack guy? I don't remember. I'm seeing that comment too. I don't know. He might have. Maybe there was somebody more recently than uh, I, I, all I remember is is Jeff Coat with ten. I don't. Jeff Coat definitely did. There, there maybe was somebody in between Jeff Coat and where we're at right now who uh, who got to that number. Uh, one more cheating story because you brought it up. Like that's that's an awesome one. I'm trying to think. Like you're not going to look at that inner thigh, bro. You're just not I'm, looking, oh, at, I'm her looking her. at that inner thigh. You 100%, might. Hundred <laughs> percent for a, a couple of different reasons. I'm looking that, at that. That is tremendous precision placement right there to put it right on your inner thigh to like oh you want to look but you can't what was your best cheating story like did you uh oh my god i was was too afraid i was too afraid the two things i did in high school and college uh my two go-tos were the rubber band thing you know the rubber band trick you like stretch it's it's a thick rubber band you stretch it around like a textbook and then you just write a bunch of stuff on the rubber band. And then when you take it off the textbook, it just looks like a bunch of like lines, right? When it's like a small rubber band, it doesn't look like much. But during the test, you like stretch out the rubber band as like a stress reliever. 
And you, oh boom, when you stretch God. it out, you could see all of the words that you wrote down on the rubber band. And the, and the professor's walking by, he really looks like you're just kind of fiddling with like a, a little dibble dabble thing. Right? 100%. 100%. Like those fidgeter, those fidget spinners were big yeah. back when we were in fucking school, bro. Yeah. So that was that was awesome. That was probably my favorite. And then the more advanced That's one. Genius, dude. Thank you. Genius. And the more advanced one, this one took a little bit longer. And this was probably a little riskier, but never got caught doing this. I would like Photoshop a, a Coke label. And I would just replace all of the ingredients and all of the nutrition facts and just everything that is normally worded on a Coke bottle. I would just put notes on it and then print that out, tape it over the actual Coke label and just bring that to class. It looked like I had a bottle of Coke that I was drinking. And instead of <laughs> instead of the label being the label, it was the label with my notes on it. You're, you're a genius. You like that? You are, you are a genius. Like the yeah. rubber band thing was cool, but you... You basically 3D printed your notes. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, look, I, I, other people I'm sure have done that type of stuff and stuff way more advanced than what I was doing. But that those were my two methods of bringing notes to class and turning every test into an open note test. Yeah. I'm a... Uh... I don't even know how you even think about shit. Like I couldn't that. do no one. I couldn't walk into class in a mini skirt. Well, nowadays that the dude probably you could, can. You probably could. I was. I wasn't gonna do that and write all of a whole paragraph of notes uh, on my inner thigh. That's that's gross. God, I, I I remember. I remember the dudes in front of me. Like I remember their necks breaking when she walked in the room. Like I, like yeah. I mean I remember like. Like the, the pencil went down. This dude named Josh just went, dude, holy shit. You know, <laughs> and, I, and I looked up and I was just like, oh my God, you know, and you're trying your best not to stare it down. Man. Yeah. Like, you're trying to, you're trying to focus on your tech. Like that's bro, tough. Like, you're that, trying that is to mean. That's, that is mean by her. Like, like you're, you're supposed to. The blue books to come at you. You know what I mean? Like, yes, do I have blue dude. You're supposed to be like, you know, comfortable and like, ah, no distractions, please. You know, you no one looks good on test day. She oh. was comfortable. Let me, I mean, God, that just, is awesome. I can only imagine the being the professor in that moment. You know what I mean? Just be like, I can't look, I can't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just yeah. my God, man. Anyway, but yeah, that's cheating stories in, in the university of Texas cheating on our test stories. But yeah, I never, uh, I was too afraid to, to get caught, man. I was afraid that, you know, I didn't feel like I belonged at Texas anyways, because I was, a vet, you know I mean? I was 28 when I was a freshman. Um, I got denied from the unit, rejected from the University of Maryland, and the only reason I got into Texas is because of my veteran status, man. And uh, thankfully, you know, they did a great, you know, great job for for veterans there, and uh, was able to graduate. But yeah, man, like I, I was so afraid and reluctant to do anything out of the norm because I didn't want to lose the opportunity of a lifetime, which was going to Texas, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I was I was an idiot, man, like. <laughs> Like th this comment from David, it's like you might as well have studied instead of just doing all of that effort. Yeah, that probably yeah, would have been a smart doesn't go move. that well when you study either, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't grade at studying, dude. I like, I also had this rule in college. Uh, here, here's BK's tip for kids. You know, Bucky usually does this on Tuesday, and his are actual tips for kids that are going to help you be successful you as a student. Here's, here's me. Here's me giving my tips for kids. Um, I had this rule in college where I would not study for a test until the day of the test. I refused 
to study until like midnight. I would start at midnight. I'd pull an all-nighter. I'd study like every second leading up to the exam, but I could not start studying for a test until the day of Why? the test. Uh, no, screw yeah. it. Are you, are you just better at cramming like that? Hey, I'm, I'm Cardale Jones, brother. <laughs> I didn't go to college to play no school. All right. <laughs> that's, that's, greatest <laughs> line ever, man. That might, that's, that's the second greatest line. Like the, the greatest line ever is Steve Smith. You know, why don't you go ask him? He's the one that didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. That's the best. That's the best quote yeah. of all time. But yeah, yeah I didn't right. go to school to play. No, I, I didn't go to college to play school. Yeah, like I, I didn't go to play football like Cardell Jones did. Believe me, I wish I could have done that. But uh, no, nah, man, I wasn't. I wasn't there for school. I was there to have a good time. Like I, I the, the best four years of my life. Everybody told me going into college, like, dude, these are the glory days. These are your best four they, years. Like, enjoy are. them, savor them. And man, I, I, I didn't do enough. I, I felt like I did, but I, I, there are times, there are things I wish I could go back and change. Man, shoot, I still think about going to grad school every year. And it's like, oh, ah, yeah. shit, I, I actually have to study, though, if I yeah. uh, if I do, like, a grad program. But Yeah, I applied to a few uh, law schools, man. I'm I'm glad I didn't continue on and get my JD. I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, how old am I? I am 42 years old. Oh, there you go. That that was a question in the, the comment box. Ah, yes, from Abel. From Abel. You hearing the uh, the yard workers out? Can you hear that on the, on your side? I don't hear anything. Okay, good. Yeah, you, got, you got yard workers? I, I had some yard workers the other, you know, well, not too long ago, man. I can't call them mine because it's an apartment complex. So right. I, you know they're they're not my guys. I didn't don't hire them. Yourself. Don't tell us where you're living. You know, <laughs> hey, South Austin, baby, South Austin. I'm still waiting for the AV consultations crew to show up. I know, I know. I thought they were. I, I, maybe they're waiting till ten o'clock. Which, if they are, that's that's probably for the best. Or maybe they're out there doing work, and I, I don't know. I left my door open though, so, so I could be getting <laughs> robbed right now. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll see. Um, shout out to some of our sponsors, man. Seven Eleven. Love those dudes. Love those dudes. 7-Eleven's awesome, man. I went there a bunch in college to load up, and I go there a bunch now to uh, load up on the snacks, on the drinks, on everything. Shout out to our guy, Ashish. Big Longhorn fan. Big fan of Texas Sports Unfiltered. He runs three different 7-Elevens here in Austin, Texas, USA, America, including the Monterey Oaks location, which is very close to where I live. Um, I'm I'm going to be there probably later today getting some of those nachos, getting some pizza, getting a Slurpee, getting a Big Gulp, all that stuff. Go to 7-Eleven. It doesn't matter where you are. They are all over the state of Texas. They will fuel your summer here in Texas. And download that 7-Eleven app, too, to cash in on that 7 Rewards program. They'll take care of you there. Shout out to 7-Eleven for their partnership with Texas Sports Unfiltered. And shout out to SendTextTickets.com. If you're looking at tickets uh, for tickets to any Longhorn game this season, they've got you covered at SendTextTickets.com. Also, as part of our 5,000 subscriber giveaway, Assuming we get there before game week or before at least the first game, uh, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see the Longhorns take on the Rice Owls. Yeah, that's right. The season opener. Our friends at Centex Tickets are going to be hooking us up with that so we can be hooking you up with that pair of tickets. So some lucky person is going to be able to get in for free to that Texas Rice game coming up a week from Saturday. But hey, college football, NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, doesn't matter what sport, They've got tickets on site at sendtextickets.com. They're all 100% guaranteed. You don't have to worry about scalping tickets. You don't have to worry about fake tickets. None of that stuff. Everything's guaranteed. So easy to use. Sendtextickets.com. All right, Wags. Let's talk some NFL here. Yeah, let's rock. Okay. Watching any hard knocks at all? No. Should I be? Yeah. Man, I yeah. like hard knocks. Like, all right, me... what's, your, what's your opinion on Rodgers? 
Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. What's your opinion on Rodgers? I hate him, dude. Okay. I'm a well, Cowboys I mean, of fan. Of course like, you would. Yeah, of that, course. That you guy. Would. That guy has tortured my favorite team at every turn. I mean, I've got so many bad memories from being a Cowboys fan born in the '90s, but a lot of them have to do with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Like, I hate that guy. Oh God, my so god! Funny you say that, man, because the the memories that I have about the Cowboys in the '90s were bad for me because all they did was win. So yeah, yeah. I, no, I, 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 I was fan, so. I was I was one the last time the uh, the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I don't remember any of the glory days, unfortunately. And I, I just no heartbreak for my time as a Cowboys fan, unfortunately. So I did not have a high opinion of Aaron Rodgers um, over the past couple of years. And one, it's I think it's because of how the media has portrayed him um, just kind of like an arrogant asshole almost um uh uh, but honestly uh you know if you really take a step back at it it's just a man that's been really based in his stance um and just strong in his conviction uh and you see that a lot in hard knocks um you see a different side of aaron Rodgers that you see on the field what of course like he's 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 an alpha like you're gonna see him very mad and, and aggressive and angry at times when people aren't making plays because guess what he's a he's a competitive person sure yeah you know what I mean like two years removed from the MVP you're playing at an MVP level in the NFL you're the best in the world to do it hard knocks does a really good job at portraying how much of a team player Aaron Rodgers actually is and then you hear the testament from his other teammates on how much of a good guy that this guy actually is you see, and of course, like the cameras are on him. He's doing, you know, it could be everything uh, done perfectly just for, you know, the limelight of of the, the cinema. You know what I mean? It very well could be. Um, but something tells me that it's not because you're starting to see, you know, the play of quarterback Zach Wilson start to elevate a little bit. You're starting to see Boyle uh, play a little bit better in preseason games. The, the point is, the quarterback play or the the play out of the quarterback room right now has elevated because of Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and he wasn't exactly given the warm welcome when he was at Green Bay by Brett Favre you know what i mean like he yep. a lot of a lot of cold shoulder so Aaron Rodgers kind of got used to that and maybe he gave um love that a little bit when he was in Green Bay but that's not what you're seeing from Aaron Rodgers in camp of New York right now looks like he's being the mentor that uh, you know, that Salah has wanted him to be, um, that Hackett has wanted him to be, and it looks like it's going to go very well for the New York Jets. I don't want to go on a limb and, and, you know, go outlandishly and sit here and say that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but, man, they are going to be contenders in the AFC. It's still it, – you got to knock off the Chiefs, man. Like, the Chiefs are, yeah. the, are the talk of the town. Like, they could have a really good chance at repeating again. So, um, and, until somebody dethrones the Chiefs, I still think they're the best team, but watch out for the Jets, man. They're definitely an intriguing ball club this year. Yeah, I think the Jets are going to be really good this year, which is weird to say. I couldn't tell you the last time I've said that. I don't know if I've ever said that. It's odd to say that. It's odd. But, I mean, that defense was one of the best in football a season ago. Uh, Brees Hall, you brought him up earlier. He's coming off of a torn ACL, but, man, he he looked – explosive in the first half of his rookie season. He was the front runner for rookie of the year before he went down with that injury. They just brought in Dalvin cook, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Dalvin cook's been one of the best running backs in football over the last few years. And I know by running back standards, he's getting old guys, younger than Michael Carter's no slouch either out of that backfield too. Yeah. He's a good slash back. He can get a lot of things done too, but yeah, if Brees hall can return to the form that he was before he got that ACL injury, 
that is a devastating Dude. backfield. And not to mention, you know, the the offensive player, rookie offensive player of the year was Garrett Wilson. It could have been Brees Hall. Yeah, it very yeah, well could have been Brees Hall. And then on the other side of the ball, Sauce Gardner was defensive rookie of the year. And right. Lynn Williams signed too. I mean, dude, so you have potentially the two best young players in football practicing each day, making each other better. Like you got, yeah. you know, one of the best defenses going up against, you know, the Jets offense, making them better as well. You have probably one of the still one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL right now able to sling the rock for you. Jets are contenders, buddy. Jets yeah, contenders. dude, they've got a top five roster in football right now. And all they were missing last year was a quarterback like Zach Wilson sucked and he still sucks. I don't uh, Aaron Rodgers is making him better. OK, well, <laughs> he, he still sucks and he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He can be a little better. That's fine. But if he has to play at all this year, the Jets are in trouble yeah, and all, all of the good things we're saying about them, you know, they go by the wayside. But uh, no, that's that's what they were missing last year. And. You know, I, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is as good as he was a couple of years ago when he was winning those back-to-back MVPs that you talked about, but I, I still think he's got some left in the tank. And you talk about the attitude that he's showing on Hard Knocks. I think part of it has to do with, yes, the cameras are rolling, but I think he's just he's happy now. Like, he was right. pissed with the way things went the last few years yeah. in Green Bay. You, you brought up the Jordan Love, uh, Love draft pick. He didn't like that. And then the fact that just they never drafted a wide receiver in the first round. It's like he just yeah, give the man some help. help, you know, Never like he's the help. best player in football. And it's like, well, why, why are you not building around me more? Like, why are we drafting a backup quarterback who's not going to play for the next four years? Like, what are we what are we doing here? So he got pissed and he hated Gutekunst. Let's get worried yeah. saying that guy's name. But the, the Packers GM, like he hated that guy towards the end. So I just think he's happier now. Like, I, I don't think he was the guy that you're talking about where, oh, such a good teammate and all putting everybody before him. Oh, and a great mentor and leader. Like, I don't think he was that for the last few years in Green Bay. So, I, Oh, he I definitely think, was not that. I, th- I think the media was portraying him fine, honestly. But I, I do think you have a new version of Aaron Rodgers where, yeah, he is rejuvenated a little bit because of the move to New York and because of the fact that he's on a really, really good team with really good skill position players. Like, I think that uh, is lighting a fire under him a little bit, and that's why you're seeing a different version of AR-12. And and that's kind of the version that you want to bring into the New York media at first anyways, right? You kind of want to be, you know, the very docile uh, quarterback, you know, that, that you want to be in New York, man. Because, I mean, look at what Eli Manning was able to do just with the old golly gee, all shucks, don't let the New York media get to me, man. I think that's kind of like the the attitude you need to take going into this because that New York media can eat you up, man. And, you know, you know how Aaron Rodgers is off the field, the lifestyle he lives off the field. It's, you know, only a matter of time until, it, you know, once everything's great, that stuff won't that stuff won't be brought up. But once it starts to go bad just a little bit, Dango. You, can, you can bet that that New York media is going to, you know, pull the leashes off and then actually show their fangs. And Rodgers is also going to start complaining about shit like he always does, 100. right? Like, yeah, everything's good right now. I don't expect Austin's own Garrett Wilson to start dropping passes this year, but, like, if he, if he sucks for some reason and his offensive line is terrible and the running – like, he's just going to start criticizing people and complaining about stuff like he did in Green Bay, so – yeah, the honeymoon period's going on. Like you said, as long as things are going great, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be fine, and New York's going to love him. And, uh, you know, I got a good buddy, a guy I co-hosted with in Houston, diehard Jets fan. Like, he's pumped. He's pumped. This is the most excited he's been about a Jets team maybe in his lifetime. Any reluctancy like from him? Any reluctance? Uh, no, about Rodgers? No, man. He's he's all bought it. I mean, you know, you, wow. you know what the Jets have had at quarterback sure. over the last couple of decades. So the fact that they've got – 
you know, a future Hall of Famer and a guy who's won, I think, four MVPs who chose them. Like that's that's yeah. the exciting thing, right? It, it wasn't like a trade where he was forced to go there. And he like that's that's where Rodgers wanted to go. So now nah, Jets fans are pumped, and they should be. Like I I would still put the Chiefs ahead of them, of course. Sure. I would still put Cincinnati ahead of them. I'd probably still put Buffalo ahead of them. What about but, the Chargers? I know I'd put the Jets over the Chargers right now. I think that's. The Chargers in the playoffs? Come on, man. Yeah, they can't get out of their own way. Chargers are still going to charge her. Yeah, dude. Like, I just, I, I think the Chargers are a playoff team again. And, you know, Kellen Moore, I like that addition to the uh, to their coaching staff. It's going to be fun watching what he can do with Herbert and all of those weapons out there. But no, I'd put the Jets, I'd probably put the Jets number four. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, right there with Buffalo at number three in terms of AFC teams. Obviously, Baltimore's there too. I think they're going to be really good. God, Zay Flowers, um, man. Zay Flowers so far, dude. Looking really good for the Ravens, man. Yeah, yeah. Miami, too. Like, dude, the AFC is just – it's ridiculous, man. Like, I, I feel bad if you're a fan of a team in the AFC right now because it's, it's just so much more difficult to get to the Super Bowl from the AFC than it is from the NFC. Like, who is it in the NFC? It's Philly and it's San Francisco. That's, that's and, it, and, though, right? Like, like, you want to say Dallas. You want to say them. Dallas is third, I think, in terms of talent in the NFC. But, like, dude, Dallas would be – I'm a Cowboys fan. It, it'd be tough for the Cowboys to make the playoffs in the AFC. They're going to make it in the NFC if they stay healthy because, right. you know, they, they're, they're just – their roster is good enough and there's not enough legit competition in that side of the league. But, yeah, I mean, it's like those two-and-a-half teams in the NFC and then it's the AFC. It's like, dude, you can make a case for like eight or nine teams to win that conference this year. It's just crazy. The quarterbacks and the overall teams as a whole, the balance of power in the NFL right now is completely one-sided. I do like seeing teams like Detroit start to make the the leap and start to ascend up in terms of the NFC. I think uh, the fighting Dan Campbells are doing some really good <laughs> stuff there in Detroit. Um, another intriguing team that I like, it's probably Seattle. You know, is 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 Geno Smith is is the Geno ball for real? Is it legit out there? Um, we still got a lot to to you know to see out there. You know, Walker Walker's a really impressive back. I'd like to see what he can do out of the backfield there. Um, but yeah, Seattle's an intriguing team to me. But it's like you said, man, the path to the playoffs in the AFC is just brutal. It's daunting. Yeah, yeah. you can make look. There are some other intriguing, to use your word, storylines and teams in the NFC. Like I. I'm not a believer in Seattle. I mean, I, I wasn't a believer in them last year. They proved me wrong. They made yeah. the playoffs. I was one of those guys that Geno Smith was talking about. Remember that epic post-game interview he gave? <laughs> a lot of people wrote me off. Guess wrote what? Me off. I ain't right back. Uh, I, I wrote Geno off, and I'm still writing him off. Like I, I don't think he can have an encore of what he did last year, this year. Like I just yeah, don't doubt on him, man. Yeah, and, and just I'm, I'm banking it off of what he's been for the majority of his career. Now, he was with the Jets for a while. Like, he's been in some bad situations, and Seattle has a good supporting cast. And obviously, with DK and with Tyler Lockett, with JSN, who got hurt. I don't know what the word is on uh, on his injury, but, you know, the, uh, Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. Like, if that guy can stay healthy, he was the first re- receiver Dude, off the board. That guy's a monster. Do you know, so Wilson and Olave both say that he's better than them. Yeah, how that's, crazy is that? That's scary. Yeah, and we didn't see him much last year because yeah. he got hurt and basically opted out of the season. Uh, dude, that Ohio State wide receiver room. I mean, every year, every year it shows you that you need to have a good yeah. You need need to have a good defense to win championships because offensively, I mean, those Buckeyes teams, no no one has been able to yeah. produce the talent that they've been able to produce on that side of the football in recent years. But That's yeah, what look, Jim Harbaugh is dealing with. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, he's the last two years, he's found a way. He's got it. Yeah, man. Found the way. But yeah, Seattle, like if Geno can be good, then okay, they're a playoff team again, you would think. Uh, your Giants, you know, Daniel Jones coming off of the best year of his career. Josh like Allen Beta. Yeah, well, uh, Beta is a reach, I think. He's <laughs> le- less than that. Less than that. But where are you with your Giants this year, man? I mean, Dayball did a hell of a job last year in year one. And I don't think it's like random that, you know, Danny Dimes actually figured it out for the first time in his career. The one year he got to work with Brian Dayball, who, yeah, you made the Josh Allen comp right there. Obviously, Dayball and Allen had a bunch of success together in Buffalo. So where are you at with your uh, your G-man this year? I still think they're pretenders. Um, they have the squad that looks, you know, on paper, they look like they can get to the playoffs. And, of course, they played a really beat up and mediocre Minnesota Vikings team, you know, in the playoffs uh, last year. Um, we just talked about it. The, N- the NFC's down, right? And it's, you know, it's a watered-down league or it's a watered-down conference, so to speak. Um, the Giants, to me, are... Man, maybe a nine-win team. I mean, you got to you got to figure you're playing in a division with uh, with Philly and Dallas. You're probably not going. You're definitely going to split at least those games. But there's a good potential that you could lose uh, all four of those games between those two clubs. Um, and then the Commanders too. You can't write the Commanders off either. Like they. Oh come on! Yes, I got, you can. Man, I got the. Maybe it's just me being a pessimistic Giants fan, but I got the Giants at the bottom of the NFC East, bro. What? Yeah, man. Yeah, Below I mean, the commies? Your, your best your best wide receiver was from the practice squad last year. You know I mean, what I mean? They, he, just emerged, he emerged out of the practice squad. And they still made the playoffs last year and won double-digit games. Oh, on a very favorable schedule. That schedule gets yeah. a lot harder this year. I don't see the Giants being able to repeat the same form. Okay. Yeah, the schedule does get a little tougher, and they did win a bunch of one-score games, right? You brought up yep. run differential in baseball earlier. Yeah, the Giants' point differential last year was was not great. Uh, so they did win some games that, you know, uh, maybe they won't win this year. Like, they had some good breaks, and the balls bounced their way a lot in uh, a lot of close games and that type of stuff. Not always sustainable year over year, but dude, the Giants are better than the Commies, man. Like, uh, I, I don't know. The Giants had a lot of balls bounce their way last year, man. The, the, the Commanders, come on, man. Come uh, on, look, man. Yeah, you're, they, they beat Sam, the Ravens Sam in Howell a preseason and the Commanders game. are going to get it done, man. Uh, Sam Howe and the Commanders will get it done, man. Uh, Terry McLaren though took a little bit of a bump in practice, so we'll have to see how that pans out for all you fantasy goers out there. Yeah, yeah. He uh, his status for they're hoping he'll be back by week one, but yeah, that's. That sucks. That's a big injury for them. Well, no, maybe if I aim so low, I'll have nothing but optimism in the regular season, though. So I don't, you know, it's a win-win yeah. for me. There you go, man. I don't know. The NFC East is a lot better though than uh, than what it's been at times in recent years, right? I mean, Philly is the favorite in the NFC. Sure. They should be. Dude, does uh, Hurts come down to earth? Yeah. Well, that that's the thing. Like this will be a a big time test of the NFC East and the crazy stat that has gone on in that division for nearly two decades now. I mean, there hasn't been a repeat winner in the NFC East since 2004, right? Like there have been teams who have won Super Bowls Mm -hmm. out of the NFC East. Like the Giants have won two since then. The Eagles obviously won one since then, and they couldn't repeat as division champs. So Philly obviously won the East last year. They're the favorites. They should be to win the East again this year. 
but it's like, can they, can they even win the division? You know, yeah. like I think it's a testament to how tough that division is, man. You just beat up like no matter what color your uniforms are, you're going to be black and blue at the end of the season. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm picking the Cowboys to win the East this year. And I, I don't think they're better than the Eagles. Like if they played a game this weekend on a neutral field, I'd pick Philadelphia to win health. They played in Dallas. I'd pick the Eagles to win right now, but it's just, I'm, I'm banking on that history. It's that. Showing up again, like, yeah, like the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. They might make a deeper playoff run than the Cowboys. They probably will because the Cowboys, unfortunately, don't make deep playoff runs. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like I have to pick somebody besides Philly to win the (laughs) NFC East this year only because they won the NFC East last year. Like, that is my only reason to not pick the Eagles. Any surprise clubs for you out of the NFL that that you think is going to make the the march into the playoffs? I mean, let me pull up the list of teams here. Any surprise teams in the NFL? Oh man, Raiders, are you buying any of the Raiders stock at all? No, God, no. The Raiders. I think the Raiders could be one of the worst teams in football okay. this year. I got a like, yeah. Thank you, because I got a buddy that's watching right now. His name is Josh Powell, and uh, he's an avid Raiders fans, and he's just out out of his mind thinking that the Raiders are going to make a push for anything. Does he know who their quarterback is? Exactly. They don't even know who their quarterback is. Well, the guy can't stay healthy. Like uh, Jimmy G's made of glass, so he'll. Jimmy G, he's too pretty, baby. He's too pretty. He might look good for three weeks, and then he's going to get hurt. Just got to get him a porn star. That's all. You're going to rely on Aiden O'Connell. Like I know he's looked good in the preseason, but you're telling me like, oh no, it's okay if Jimmy G goes down. We've got this rookie out of Purdue here to save our. No, the the, the Raiders are going to be awful and, this and year. And Max Crosby can't win you a Super Bowl, Josh. I'm sorry, buddy. No, two X. Speaking of my buddy JP, right there. Yep, yep. Surprise team in the NFL, man. Oh God, I, I don't know if this like either of these teams count as a surprise. Like, I think Baltimore, I think people are sleeping on Baltimore, Baltimore a little bit. Surprise. They're good. Like, right. I think people expect them to be good, but I just, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. Same. And I get that it's been a few years since he won MVP. And I get how the last two seasons ended. I think Lamar Jackson could have played last year towards the end of the year. I just, he didn't have his contract. So he was milking the injury just kind of as an F you to Looking Baltimore. Yeah, and I don't blame him for that. Like, obviously, if you're a Ravens fan, you were annoyed by that whole situation, and you should be annoyed by that whole situation. But, no, Lamar Jackson's not going to put his body on the line for a team that hasn't shown him the commitment that he is looking for. He's not the only player who would have done something like that. But I I still think Lamar Jackson is a beast, dude. And I think the Ravens have a really, really good roster. You talked about Zay Flowers. Like, they finally got some receivers. They brought in OBJ, who is overpaid. He's not the same player he was when he was uh, doing what he did in New York with your Giants for a few seasons, but no, he's but still he better. Opportunity. Yeah, he's better than what they've had on the outside and be more in recent years. And that defense is good, and I think Harbaugh's a hell of a coach. So, like, I think I think Baltimore is, uh, without a doubt, a playoff team for me. Hell, they made the playoffs last year without Lamar JK's playing. just got to stay healthy for me, man. That's the thing. Dobbins yeah. has to stay healthy. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, uh, that yeah, they need some better injury luck than what they've gotten in recent years. But I think the Ravens are, are a second-round playoff team, maybe an AFC championship team this year. I think that's a great call. Like, it, it's tough to sit there and say that the Ravens are a surprise team. But if you look at what they've done over the past couple of years – that's kind of the identity that they have right now, kind of middle of the road. I mean, of course, they're going to win the preseason games and they're going to be in in uh, almost every ball club, every ball game that they're in. But they just had the ball hasn't gone their way either. You know what I mean? And now I think with the advent of Zay Flowers and, and OBJ and everything starting to come together, if if um, 
if they can stay healthy and not be injury prone, I think they can put some things together and make a run at this thing. Look, Cincinnati is still the team in that division. Let, let's not let's not uh, make any mistake about that. But uh, Baltimore can contend, man. And look, I don't I hate saying this because I Pittsburgh Steelers fans, you guys just get on my nerves. You all travel well, but man, the little handed Kenny Pickett might be able to, to make some magic happen. <laughs> I. I I don't know, man. The, man. the the little the little fingered picket might be able to get it done, dude. I'm I'm just a big fan of George Pickens. I think that that dude's a stud, and he can make some plays. Yeah, look, the Steelers are always in the mix, right? right. I mean, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing never season. Lose. It's the most ridiculous stat in football right now. So, uh, even in down years, yeah, Pittsburgh finds a way to win nine games. It's, and it's, it's hard crazy. not to like Tomlin either, man. No, like he just no. said all the right things. He's very based in his stance too, man, and he loves his players, dude. He loves that locker room. The locker room loves him. Yeah, he's a hell of a coach. He's a cliche machine, though. My yeah. God, <laughs> but he is—he's a fantastic football coach, man. There's no doubting that. And um, yeah, Pittsburgh's always going to be in the mix. I—I I honestly think like you could make a case for all four of those teams in the AFC North to make the playoffs. Like I, I, Cleveland oh, yeah. is a huge wild card because we don't know what version of Deshaun Watson we're going to get. Uh, that's the thing. Yeah, dude, that roster. I mean, that, that's that's a borderline top five, a definite top ten roster in the league. If Deshaun Watson is the guy he was in Houston, right. and that guy was like knocking on the door of being a top five quarterback in football. Hey, Dabo, Dabo, call Michael Jordan football, baby. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, Michael Jordan had some off the field issues, but I, he wasn't. He wasn't doing what wasn't uh, doing that, no, Deshaun Watson was doing. Uh, thankfully. Thankfully, uh, I'll give you one more surprise team. And then I, I want to hear one from you. I think people are sleeping on Tennessee this year. Yeah, and te- Tennessee's fine. not that's a, they're, they're not a Super Bowl contender. So if you're looking for that, I'm not going to give you that. But I think most people are just like assuming that the Jags are going to win the AFC South. And that, that division sucks. I mean, the right. Souths are the worst division in football, right? The NFC South is a joke. And the AFC South obviously is a huge problem. You have two teams picking in the top five. Uh, the draft this past season and you know, Tennessee almost won the division with a losing record this past year. So it's a problem there too. But like if Tannehill can stay healthy, that's a big if he's solid. Mike Vrabel, I think is one of the best coaches in football. 100. Like he always, he always does the most with as little as possible. Bingo. Yep. Does more with less. Uh, they've lost some talent. You know, their wide receiver room is not great. Getting Hopkins though helps. That's a big, uh, big Derek ball. Henry still has some gas left in the tank. So look, I, I don't think Tennessee wins 10 games this year. But I think they can win nine games, and I think that might be enough to win in the AFC South. So, like, I, I wouldn't just anoint the Jags because of the uh, the fact that they won the division last year and they had that epic comeback in the wild card round against the Chargers. Like, I'm not sitting here telling you that Jacksonville is for sure going to win the South again. I, I, I think Tennessee uh, might win that division this year. Nice. Uh, so, both of my surprise teams comes from the South, AFC South and NFC South. Tennessee is one of my surprise teams uh, for the the details that you just mentioned, and also, man, the Falcons. Um, I I do. I think one person can make a difference, and that person is Bijan Robinson. And I am not placating to the Texas Homer crowd here. I am not. I swear to you. I just think that this guy is that much of an impact player. You saw what they were able to do with uh, with Aguilar, or I can't even pronounce the guy's name. Um, Algier, Tyler Algier, Algier Algier last year looked pretty decent, man, but it just looked like all the pieces weren't put together. I think this guy completes the piece of the puzzle and Arthur Smith and company get it done. Look at what they were able to do with Derrick Henry's rookie year in Tennessee, man. I don't know if this will actually, they're not going to win the South, 
They could. That division it, sucks, man. It's, it's booger. It's so booger. And with Baker Mayfield as the leading quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, you got to yeah. imagine that they'll be in sell mode here towards the end of the year. Like Mike Evans might not even finish uh, the season off with the Buccaneers. He could be, you know, moving before the end of the of the trade deadline. So, yeah. uh, a lot to look out for in the South. But yeah, AFC. Um, I think the Tennessee Titans are my surprise team. And in the NFC, I got the Atlanta Falcons. I like that Falcons pick, man. It all depends on Des Ritter, right? Like if, yep. if that guy's good, the Falcons, they could win that division because, you know, Kyle Pitts is really good. Drake London's really good. I think the world of Bijan, they've got some pieces on that defense too. And I do think Arthur Smith is a pretty solid head coach. It just depends on the quarterback. Yep. Like that's, that's the case quarterback for every league, level man. of football. Yep. 100%. 100%. All right, before we wrap things up, uh, some more shout outs to some more sponsors relax the back man if you have back problems if you have back pain you got to go see our friends at relax the back they can make that back pain a thing of the past massage chairs office chairs recliners mattresses basically anything that you could ever need to help your back get back on track you can find it at relax the back our guy jason caldwell great people you're always going to get first class service when you go in there and the beauty of this place Trey can tell you, Bucky can tell you, they're not just going to upcharge you. They're not going to be like, oh, here's our most expensive thing. So buy that. No, they're going to ask you what's going on with your back, and they are going to put you in the right chair or the right mattress that helps get your life back on track. Two Austin area locations, one at 183 and 360 next to the Whole Foods, the other at the Hill Country Galleria. They're all over the state as well. Check them out online at relaxtheback.com. And also a shout-out to our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. If your AC is messed up, God bless you, number one. Number two, call Woods Comfort Systems. They've been around for six decades providing top-quality HVAC and plumbing services. They want to keep you and your family comfortable in your home all year long. AC maintenance, repair, and installation, furnace maintenance, ductwork, attic insulation, and, of course, plumbing services as well. They're the best in the business David Partain, the crew there at Woods Comfort Systems, they do tremendous work. Find them online at woodscomfortsystems.com or give them a call, 512-842-5066. Tell them you heard about it right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle name. All right, Wax, a couple minutes left. You're getting some love on the uh, YouTube comment line. Appreciate that. Appreciate John having you. Cena, baby. John Cena, John Cena baby. played the Marine. Sorry. There you go. Is that yeah, right? Hey, and look, I have I have let the f bombs fly a little bit this morning. I do apologize. <laughs> um, too raw for radio, baby. Too raw for radio. Texas sports unfiltered, man. You can uh, you can let one fly from time to time. That's uh, one of the many beautiful things of this channel and of these shows. Oh, by the way, we don't have five or six minute commercial breaks either. Yeah. Oh, by the way, our signal's clear. You don't have Tejano music yeah, bleeding in. You can yeah. hear, you can actually get us. No, uh, no, La Raza that you're listening to in your car. No, we've uh, we, we we've no got La you with, with sports <laughs> and great content from your favorite Austin media personalities all the time. That's what we do, and obviously we've got uh, tons of talented folks on this channel. And Wags, we're happy to have you on board, man, because you're one of those too. And hopefully, we can find a, a bigger role for you in the not too distant future, man. Because uh, yeah, we want you, and I, I know the people want you as a big part of this thing too. I want to be here, man. I'm happy to be a part of the team. Uh, this has been an amazing, uh, amazing morning so far to get my day started off right. And then from here, I get to go play video games. Oh. Um, that's that's kind of like, you know, if we can carve out a little bit of time to where I don't have to do my day job and I can continue to just do this, man, what a world that this would be, huh? How about that? Sports? 
quote unquote radio and then video games. Yeah. That's yeah, you're you're living the dream right there. Forget wanting to well, be a thank you for allowing me to 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 live this dream, man, because ah. I couldn't be uh doing this if it wasn't for you and uh for the great sponsors of Texas Sports Unfiltered, man, including uh audiovisual consultations, one that yep. we both have. They're here. I hear them here. I, I might put you on the phone. Who's there. I'm dying to know who's there. I might put you on the phone with one of them here in a few minutes, man. Just to uh just to chop it up a little bit for uh for old time's sake. But yeah, shout out to our sponsors. And hey, coming up a little bit later, midday with Trey and BK from 12 to 1. And then of course Chip and Zay for show number three from one to three. Dude, Keep it locked like in. The, like Nick Fury from Marvel, man. You have assembled a list of heroes, bro. You I have appreciate assembled it. a list of heroes, man. And like they say in those weight loss commercials, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I've lost 50 pounds and I'm not done yet. Hey, have you heard of soda? <laughs> that is it. Brother, great job, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. And thank you guys. Uh, I love you, brother. Love you, brother. Thank you all for watching. Once again, Midday with Trey and BK from 12 to 1, Chip and Zay from 1 to 3. Please subscribe if you haven't yet. Please like this video if you haven't yet. Until then, hook them horns, baby.